0: Welcome to Form of Passion, episode 48. Uh, At the top of each of these episodes, I'd like to thank everybody that's tuning in. If it's your first time, welcome. If it's your 48th time, welcome. If it's somewhere in between, welcome back. Um, You know, what we've got going on here is, is an operation that is funded by our listeners. Um, So, you know, I I like to give everybody the option at the beginning of these that if you want to support the podcast and, you know, help us keep it going, uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon and get an additional episode on the last Friday of each month for uh, $2 a month. Also, you're going to get access to every single Patreon episode we've done previously as well, uh, which is at this point, uh, 20, 30, I I don't know, we're we're coming up on about two years of doing this. Uh, So, you know, some... Cut, you know, our normal episode count in half and you, you got it. Um, but uh, if you subscribe to the Patreon, I give you a shout out on the public ones. Uh, so, you know, if you subscribe between now and the next one, you're going to get uh, a public shout out on the next one. Uh, this month, uh, people subscribing, we've got Brian Garcia. Thanks for joining us over there. We've got... Um, Darren Keller, and they subscribe for $5. So you can pay extra if you want. You don't have to. If you really like what we're doing and you want to give us more, then we're going to take it. We appreciate it. Uh, this person also gave a $5 subscription. Their name is just, uh, okay, it has no vowels. So it's Jickens, J-K-N-N-Z, um, but thank you. Um, next up, we've got uh, Matt Woods. Appreciate you uh, for joining us on Patreon. Nicholas Bertles. And we got one more here. Uh, Last one is Renegade Wright. I believe that's a local guy around these parts. Appreciate you for joining us over there. You know, today, uh, I'm really excited about the guests that we have going on. This is someone that I've uh, had the pleasure to be friends with the past few years. I'm a huge fan of the music that he's involved in. Um, And I just, you know, I think he's an outstanding, pure, kind person. And, uh, to match that, he is equally as adept as a guitar player and a musician. Uh, today, I have on Mister Justin Tan. How you doing, sir?
1: Sure What's on, dude. On. Crazy intro. Your
0: your voice, as people have told you before, is just so smooth for the radio. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you had like a podcast or something or some kind of show just so I could listen to you. You, should, talk, you should get into right? like I don't know like like like, like motivational like recordings for people <laughs> <laughs> just so they you hear your smooth ass voice bro
1: just ghost right for me and then i'll just say it.
0: <laughs> okay i can do that um how uh i mean how you been i mean i talk to you all the time but you know just yeah. like like what's how's that how's things been for you in general let's just say like since the
1: beginning of the year since the beginning of the year as of right now it's been pretty sick seems like Covid's finally like chilling a bit, so things are slowly getting back to normal. So, I'm nice. up, so I'm less stressed out. So,
0: what uh, what what vaccine you got there?
1: Pfizer gang.
0: Oh, I'm Pfizer gang too, dude. Yeah, yeah, I got, yeah, I only yeah. got one so far. One. But yeah. I got the second one into the month, so end we're, on the, we're month. on the way. Sick. We're on the way, dude. Uh, are you now? You are. I've I've always been a little confused about this with Dead Heat. Do you live in Oxnard or do you live in L.A. proper?
1: I live in Orange County. I live in Anaheim.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Have you always been there?
1: Yeah. Well, I moved around for a bit. So like, born and raised in like Anaheim, Garden Grove area. And then I think middle school to high school, I moved to the Inland Empire, like Murrieta. It's like small town shit. And then after high school, I moved to Long Beach for like college, lived with like a bunch of friends and then moved back to orange county and then moved to torrance for a bit and then now i'm back here oh you really
0: have been all around wow okay yeah. is, is your family originally from that area
1: yeah we're all they're originally from orange county
0: what uh i mean like so like all the moving that you did sort of like say like prior to school was mm. that just like you know like like why'd y'all move so much was it just like different opportunities or or kind of what was the situation?
1: pretty much like uh my mom had like a bunch of jobs so we moved to ie because she had like a real estate job and my stepdad at the time he had another job out there too so mostly just because of job stuff and then life stuff too like me going to college and shit so
0: was like moving around a lot as a kid like did did it like bother you a lot or like were like like how far i mean like my geography for there is like, it's like a little rough. Cause like when like it's like for me, like cause I only go there like a few times, like a year. Um, mm. I mean at, like Southern California I only go to maybe like, like once or twice a year, but it's like all kind of like, it's like a big area. And it's like, like not to say it's like all the kind of the same thing to me, but I don't necessarily know how far away stuff is. Did you yeah. have to like change schools a lot or?
1: Pretty much. So like after, well, I moved to the Inland Empire and like finished my schooling, public schooling like midway so right before i went to middle school i graduated like elementary and i moved to the an- inland empire and from orange county from where I lived specifically to there it's like an hour so was was it like hard did you have to like make new friends and stuff or
0: were you like kind of like just hanging out with the same old people
1: no nah, pretty much like elementary school hanging out with like just local kids were with me and like we just played video games and then after I moved to n empire, kind of like lost touch with all those dudes so and then I got you from, from the get go like just yeah new people so
0: what uh i mean you know like where in there you know we, like where like you're like obviously like a great guitar player when did kind of like your your musical interests start
1: I think oh uh, it's all right uh so my mom, for real estate stuff, she used to go to, like, Vegas a lot. So, we, every time I'd go, I was, like, hella young. man, wasn't do shit. <laughs> so, I'd to go to, like, Circus Circus or some shit. But I'd sit in the hotel, and I think I was, like, around like 10, 9. Like, I bought, like, a fucking, my mom got me a Target guitar. It was, like, a the Gibson brand. Shit sucked. But I was just watching, like, we had Time Warner cable and, like, the timeshare we had. And uh, they had, like, learned how to play, like, was it Black Sabbath, Iron Man? So I just sat there and watched it. Oh. And then, like, sat there. I'm pretty sure the guitar wasn't in tune, but I just played it all single string. And then just from there on, like, I think two years after that, I was like, you know, I want to get more serious. And then, because I started listening to more, like, metal stuff, I guess. Like, just more diving in more into Black Sabbath and my stepdad showed me Metallica, like, master of Puppets, so i listened to that i was even sicker so that's when i wanted to get better so
0: were you into i mean like was that just kind of like what was on tv or were you into like metal prior like when you were like 10 or so like what were you listening to at the time
1: well growing up my time on a music if i can like recollect good enough i know my sister she introduced me to like grunge type stuff like nirvana and like all that type of stuff, and then we listened to more alternative. Me and her like grew up with the same type of music. It was like Franz Ferdinand, like Kaiser Chief, and Kasabian. And then, okay, sure, I segued out because stuff on TV, like mm-hmm. on Time War's like cable, they have like the music channels, and it skipped from like I was skipping. I was trying to find the, like the alternative channel, then it went to the metal, and then it was like Iron Maiden and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And then like my stepdad walked in, saw what I was listening to, and then just showed me pretty much. Like the bare bone basics like Batalka, more black Sabbath stuff and like Dio and all that shit. And then I just from there on just trying to find more stuff for myself. And so then you sh-
0: so your stepdad was into the really good shit.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Like he showed me hip hop and stuff, but then he she he like threw like little like things at me of like metal, but not he wasn't like super into it as much as like I am now, obviously. But
0: right like so you said your sister showed you that stuff do you have like how many siblings do you have
1: so it's my older sister she lives in new york and then my little sister
0: where's she uh where's your sister live in new york
1: uh bushwick
0: okay got you got you all the homies live Uh, no doubt (laughs) uh but uh killer killer because i i feel like lots of the time uh, you know uh, when i'm talking to people it's like they have like like either a really cool parent, like you're talking about your mm-hmm. stepdad or they have like an older sibling that's like showing them stuff or whatever they're yeah. around. So I'm always kind of curious yeah. about kind of like the sourcing there. So you get that, you get that kind of like the, like that guitar and uh, you know, or like learning this stuff on TV, like in, in the timeshare and everything. Mm-hmm. And you, you said you wanted to, like a couple of years later, you wanted to get like more serious, like wh- kind of like what I'm, I'm assuming you're like, what 12, 13 at that point.
1: So, like, yeah, when I was, like, 12, 13, I think even might be 11, 11. Actually, 11 is when my 11th birthday, I was like, Mom, like, I want a actual better guitar because this guitar was, like, piece of shit. So my first, like, I'd say legit guitar was, like, my first setup was, uh, like, a black and white, black a white body, black pickguard, Epiphone SG, and then I had, like, a Marshall combo amp. Okay. And then... During this time is when, like, my friends in, like, schooling, uh, some most of those kids were, like, into punk. And one of my friends growing up, his name was Eric, we, he liked metal, too. And, like, we both were big fans, like, Children of Bodom. Okay, so, sure, yeah. Once, like, I found out about Children of Bodom, that's when I was, like, Children of Bodom and, for me, personally, like, this band called Darkest Hour. Oh, yeah, dude, Darkest Hour is, like, yeah. from
0: around here. Guys, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. They, That, like, because of Music Choice on Time Warner, like, I saw those videos and I was just like, dude, I got, I got to learn how to play like this. So, oh, so it
0: was music choice on time. So I know, I know, like, I know those channels yeah. um, for sure. Cause I would watch those the same. Like, mm-hmm. I, so my dad had them yeah. and I go to my dad's house and like, I would be like kind of solo lots of the time. And I like throw mm-hmm. those on and like, yeah, I would hear like Metallica and stuff on there. And, and like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to remember all the other stuff, like Ramstein or something. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. a mixed bag, you know? Yeah. But, um, it's funny you bring up children about them because I like never, I like never got into them. But all mm. my friends around that same age that were like, guitar players were like, "Oh, they're fucking sick!" Like, yeah. or, like if you like play guitar, I feel like you were like, and you like like metal, you were like mad into them. Was was mm. was Alexi Laiho the guy in that band?
1: Yeah, he's like okay. the main songwriter, pretty much. And like, because like besides going to music choice, I go to my friend Eric's house like after school, and we'd watch like Headbangers Ball when it was actually like legit and i think the music video for downfall like popped up and there was like and then i was just like dude i gotta learn how to play this during that that time i didn't know how to play until i was like 14 but still like (laughs) i was determined enough to try and figure it out so
0: sure no doubt and you you kind of found that stuff through through those channels was that Mm -hmm. the first time you heard those things okay got it then
1: my friend eric down the line would like just throw me more and more because his brother was into that stuff so
0: okay gotcha so you're you're like, you know, you get this guitar and you're 11. Are you like, I gotta be in a band now, or are you just kind of like, like what was sort of like, you know, kind of like what, what were your goals, so to speak?
1: My goals was to learn how to play that song, but oh, yeah. eventually, uh, I just like, it's so like, honestly, like all that stuff, like, I guess like melodic death metal and like metal kind of like helped me become better. Cause it was all like single string note hitting. Mm-hmm. So like, pretty much when I hit high school that's when I kind of wanted to be in a band but before that like middle school into high school I just wanted to get better so sure
0: well I feel like that's a good way to do because I mean like you know it's like you're focusing on skill as opposed to because I mean like you could have probably jumped into playing something and just been like really bad you know yeah. and, you know, kind of thing yeah. like like I did so and yeah. like a, lot, like a lot of people I know did but uh, so you get to to high school I mean are like are you and Eric like still tight at that point? Are you like maybe thinking about playing music together, or was that you kind of found like a different group of people?
1: Oh no, yeah, like well, he was just into music. He was like me and him grew up just playing. We were like gamers, so there was like two dudes I grew up with too during from middle school to high school. They're twins, like Jack and Ryan, and they're they're more into metal than like me and like Eric. Like they like D and all that shit. I like oh, a hell yeah, young sure. age, but they're. Their parents put him into like music school. So Ryan played guitar, and the other twin Jack played bass. And they're like, dude, he was fucking nuts. Like both of them at such a young age. Fuck yeah. So, like, so, yeah, so they, you,
0: you said you were gaming. Well, what were y'all playing at the time?
1: Yeah, World of Warcraft. Oh hell yeah.
0: Dude. Yeah, dude, I remember like what, around like what? If so, you're like at, you were 11 or 12 then. Around what year was that? Uh, Trying to get my timeline here. I'm curious because there was this distinct time where I would go to my friend's house and play. Like, well, I didn't have it myself, but I'd be like, "Yo, man, can I come over and play?" Like, maybe I my think like his shit.
1: Oh, eight or nine. I'm fucking bad at math right now. Oh, I mean, like, all I know yeah. is I graduated high school in, before 2012, okay. so 2011. <laughs> <So laughs> so there was similar. like, "Oh, the world's gonna end." Shit. I was like, "Oh, fuck." <laughs> uh,
0: oh, I remember that. Like the yeah. what the Mayan calendar.
1: Oh, yeah, all that shit.
0: Um but, so you you get into high school and yeah. you're like, you know, I'm I'm assuming like wanting to play music with like other Well actually here's a here's a good question. Yeah. Have you like been to like a show at this point?
1: No, so my first show I'd say was I think I was thirty I was no I was fourteen. No, thirteen. It was like we had there's only three venues in that area. It was this place called the Vault. That fucking sucked. And then, what was
0: it? Wait, this area, what is this? The IE or
1: still IE, yeah. Okay, gotcha, my area, gotcha. I was like, so there's like, all right, so the uh, part of IE I lived in, I call like consider the fake IE because it was just like <laughs> hell, like old people. And then there's the actual IE where like the first band I was actually in after high school is from. It's like Ontario, Fontana, and all that shit. But basically okay. where I'm from, like Temecula was where the vault was. That place sucked. And then in Marietta, they actually had like an actual hardcore hardcore venue that was called glendo's my What's first show was at the it was called what Galindo's.
0: okay glendo's gotcha
1: yeah but yeah my first show was like some metalcore show like that band suffocation played and i went oh okay so, the long island suffocation no nah, this so. band was like from oakland it was like oh, okay i got you metalcore as fuck so
0: i mean i mean like the thing is like for that time period if it's like what like mid-2000s or whatever like i mean like That shit. I remember that shit was really popping. Huge, yeah. All over. I mean, like all over the place. Like that wasn't really like that wasn't like my scene, but like even here, like those shows would be like like giant, you know. Mm -hmm. And it would be like some bleed over into the hardcore world, but it would also be like kind of like a largely like like separate thing that was still just as big. So Mm -hmm. I I I know the kind of the area you're talking about. Um, I know these I know these cities you're talking about too, because like I used to like route trucks. And they all had, like, <laughs> hubs and terminals in, like, Fontana yeah. and, like, Ontario and stuff. So I remember, like, looking at, like, maps and stuff and, like, and, like seeing these places. So I, yeah. I, like, I know where, like, Temecula is and all that. Um, So you, you go to that gig. Like, is it the kind of thing where you go and you're like, yo, I'm, like, sucked in. Like, this is amazing. Like, like kind of, like, what was your feeling when you were there?
1: Well, at first I was nervous because fools are like, moshing. So I was, like, standing in the back. But then once I like got more comfortable, like yeah, I was like, yeah, this is sick. Fuck, you. it was like, like it was rocking out and shit.
0: Was there like local stuff that you were into, or was it just kind of like you're kind of exploring just like stuff on a kind of like a national scale?
1: National scale, because like the local bands, like most of them kind of suck. <sighs> okay. In that sense, of like metalcore and hardcore, like there's some cool like locals, but like there's like I forgot. There's well, actually there's one like metalcore band. I forgot what they're called. I live in Cremation. They're like kids i like grew up with they're like older than me and so like when i was like a freshman they're like a junior but they're they that band was sick but besides that like everything else like sucked even, you know, even um, me know. as a kid during that time I was like yeah this just sucks
0: but, <laughs> 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 you know, if you're a kid and you're like this is ass then that means it's probably definitely yeah bad. it's
1: probably dookie
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh so you you're you know you're you've Kind of like got you have some chops like guitar playing. You've gone One. to like this first gig. Was it just like friends from school that took you, or
1: pretty much yeah? Okay. So like, besides my friend Ian, like it was weird. Like all the punk kids that I grew up with too, they slowly got into that for some reason because like it was such a small town, so like everything matched. So like my friend Ian and Andrew, like they're into like street punk shit, but they like my friend Ian was into the like melodic stuff too. So we all all four of us went. And that was like the first show i went to and then after that like we'd go here and there and then sophomore year is when i met like my skating homies and they all were like into like hardcore hardcore were you skating yeah i was skating. a well, little sophomore year old freshman year is when i got my first skateboard and like i was actually good at like riding it and then yeah. sophomore year is when i try to like get more serious and do tricks and shit.
0: so w- where'd you meet these
1: guys oh just high school because like so from I did uh, so from middle school to high school, like, my middle school separated, so, oh, okay. so I went to a place called Vista Marietta and then some other kids went to Thompson, so my friend group actually split, so it was just like, I hung out with like 10 dudes, but literally got split in half, so like, five and five, outside of school, we'd always link up, but in school, it was like different, so.
0: No, I hear you, um, I mean, it's tough too, especially at that time, when you can't drive. yeah you know like when you can't drive you're kind of like at the mercy of like who you see at school or like who's like close to your house or something you know Mm -hmm. or or whatever like um no so i mean i I get that so you know you're going to your first gig when you're like a freshman but then your sophomore year you like meet a different group of people at school like that are Mm -hmm. like the skate skate guys and they're into hardcore what kind of stuff were like they into at the time what are they listening to
1: so I remember I went to, it was like my friend, Kevin Salvador. Uh, I remember I went to his house, like after we were skating, he was like, you like this man? I was like, who is it? And it was like blacklisted. Oh. I was like, no, nah, this is sick. Cause I, before that, like I knew like what mad ball and like agnostic front was, but the shit I saw in Headbringer's ball wasn't like victim in pain. It was like, I forgot like.
0: Oh dude, it'd be like new stuff.
1: Like the newer stuff. Yeah.
0: And that time period. Okay. Especially because like agnostic front, in the late 2000s, they had like heavier records Mm -hmm. and that doesn't sound anything like, you know, like campaign. and like, yeah, mad ball probably had like later records on there. Um, no, okay. I know the area you're talking about. Sure.
1: Yeah. So it was like heavier stuff. So uh, to me, uh, it was just metal. And then he showed me like half heart, blacklisted and all that, all that shit. And I was like, Oh, this is dope. And then technically my first hardcore show he took me to was like at that place, Galindo's and i think the lineup was this other middle core band called uh final burden and then zabalba at when they were just a four-piece and then brian from zabalba's straight edge band uh time for change so oh shit okay yeah i didn't
0: know he i didn't know he like he did that previously yeah he played um, drums okay uh, you know i remember him playing drums in mm-hmm. Zabalba. i remember that yeah. um i i think i like was around those dudes after they were a four piece though, because if this is the, yeah, those late two thousands. I met those people for the first time more like after two thousand ten. So they probably yeah. like had already added another guy. Um, dang, they, 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 I did not know they had been a band that long.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, okay, so you so you, you go to this, and I feel like lineup wise, like especially with like Zabalba sound and that metalcore band playing, I feel like it's like probably like a good transition for what you have kind of already been listening oh, yeah. to. You know,
1: because I think another band on that lineup was like some local pop punk band, so our lineup was all over the place. So
0: <laughs> during that time period, I feel like that kind of stuff happened all the time, where yeah, it, like we sure. had like some like band that was like off the wall sound wise by compa- I mean, like by comparison to like everything else that was on the lineup, I feel like th- I feel like before the pandemic happened, though, that mm-hmm. was like kind of coming back a little bit. I yeah, it was seeing like a of natural like, more thing. mixed stuff. Yeah, and you know oh. posts air quotes post pandemic. Maybe we'll see some more of that. I don't know. Um, but, uh, so you, okay. You go to that one and like, I mean like, you know, I'm, I'm sure like, was, did you notice a distinct difference from what you had already been going to between that? Oh, one? Yeah.
1: Okay. So yeah. Like the male shows are like, like there's some buff dudes there and they were mostly like scrawny kids. And then I got to that show, that room Glendo's first. there's two Glindos. There's the, there's like the original one. And then it got bigger. The original one was super small it was like a small warehouse kind of i remember i walked in i was like standing right next to the door because i was like freaked out all these fools like buff as fuck straight <laughs> fools and i remember some dude walks in during i think boba set and it looks at everyone and he's like look at all these fucking wallflowers and it starts moshing all dumb <laughs> but he was like going hard <laughs> like, oh, i was like i was nervous and i'm like oh shit
0: yeah uh, no i mean because you're you're a a child, you sure, pretty much, yeah, I was like fucking yeah. <laughs> up. <laughs> but yeah. but you obviously like were like into it. You like you know like stuck around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you know like kind of like what was what was sort of next for you? Like you know like hat like were you like oh I need to like I need to make a band so I can like play these or was it just kind of like oh I need to like I need to like dive more into whatever this is?
1: Mostly dive because like at the time like. Yeah, I wanted to start, like, bands, but there's no, first off, no drummers. That was the biggest thing. No one had a drum kit. Absolutely yeah. no one had a They're drum expensive, kit. expensive, yeah. Yeah, and there's one dude that had a drum kit who was super good at drums, but he was, like, kind of, like, a douchebag.
0: Mm.
1: the guy's name. He was, like, in drumline line shit, but he was, like, hella good at drums. could do blast beats for, like, days. But either way, like, mostly just dive into the music because, like, you know, I just wanted to be a part of the scene and just, like, get more into it, you know?
0: How were you finding new stuff?
1: Besides my homies, like, I just... Like, honestly, like, music choice, too. But this was, like, MySpace days, you know? Sure, yeah. Simple, like, I looked up Zabala, Final Burden, and then their top, and then just yep. kept going and going, so...
0: Yeah, like, you could find so much cool shit on there just by going to, like, mm-hmm. bands, like, top eight or when it turned into, like, top, like, 32 or something. Where, yeah. You know, like, when they, like, expanded that shit. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, like, that was definitely like a a great place to like find stuff. I would even find like old bands pages like, like that, like where they would make like a, like an old band. Like, I think I remember like going to like 10 yard fights page, even though they weren't a band anymore, but it would show all like the pages for old bands that they were in their top eight. And I'd like find stuff that way too. That was a Mm -hmm. really like cool, like organic way. I feel like to find stuff. Cause it was like, it was almost kind of like, what a related artist would be on like Spotify now.
1: Yeah, for now sure. Now that I'm
0: thinking about it, it is—it's it's, kind of like that. So that's chill. I mean, like what what were you hearing in that time period that you were like, oh man, I really gravitate to this sound. Like kind of like what like what were like your favorite bands at the time?
1: Sure. Well, that's when like I got more into the local bands. So like, Time for Change it wasn't really local. They're from Pomona, but that at that Glendo spot, I'd always go. Like, honestly, every weekend with, like, my friend Kevin, my friend David, and Ian, and my friend Joey. Because the shows were, like, five bucks.
0: Oh, yeah. It's so, back then, they were five bucks. Right? Hella <laughs> cheap.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. like, I just get my allowance and just fucking go. <laughs> but at the time, I was, like, I got into Zabalba, Final Burden. And after that, like, I found out time for change, more time for change. Dove, like, Heavy and the Half Heart. And then looked up where, where Half Heart was from, from, like, Massachusetts area. And I found out about Shipwreck. Mm. just like like piecing the puzzles together you know so mostly all the straight edge stuff so
0: yeah yeah and like and like that time period what like if this was in kind of like the late 2000s I mean there was like a lot of like like uh, stuff like around Half Heart uh, you you know like for straight edge stuff you had them I don't know if Verse had so to speak switched teams yet but they like like they were uh, I know like they were like big amongst that same crowd like yeah um, Allegiance, I think, was during that time period. Like, mm. uh, I mean, like, like the list of stuff that was kind of like playing in that same realm that was straight edge at the time is like really long. Yeah. Because um, I remember I was doing the same. Because like for me here, it was like I was getting into like DTN. Really? And so the, the other straight edge stuff that was associated with them, I was like, oh, like. Like all oh, like what's this about like well, you know like, um, or even like backtracking for like related bands like Cast Aside or something, um, yeah. But I got you okay. So, uh, you're 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 like getting into all this stuff. You're going to you know like shows like there in like Orange County. Did you? I know you can't drive yet, but did you like did you have any older friends that like you would venture out to like I don't know stuff in like like in L.A. or like like. Oxnard or like San Diego or anything like that at the time
1: so uh, like my friend went to shows with Kevin uh, when he was a, one of my like two friends that were able to drive so we never really went to shows but like we'd go to like, LA and skate but the first time I actually traveled outside was when my, one of my other friends from high school my friend Emerson like I think their first out of town show or like premiered it was like going to Pomona to like Atlanta yeah. Junior's oh yeah I mean, seen like zabalba and shit and okay. then our my biggest um, trip i went to was i think it was the the year i think it was oh ten 10 or 9 i'm not sure but it was a year or 11 it was a year violation broke up and that was the first like fest i went to Santa so
0: so they play like what was their last show
1: it was of period i think 2011.
0: oh was or it 2011.
1: Okay. Yeah, it was twenty eleven. Yeah, because twenty twelve was the last one before the hiatus.
0: Was that in Santa Barbara? Santa Barbara. Okay, yeah. so it w- was that the that fa- like was at like the fairgrounds that like that big room?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. All right. All right. I'm trying to remember if that was the year I was there. Uh, no, I think it was there the year after. I think I was there in twelve. Cool. Um. Yo, did you? Th- weird question. Did you have like shorter hair at the time? Like at yeah, this time right, yo. Yeah. There's a. I think there's a picture of you and I standing like near each other during Minority Unit, and you and I didn't know each other.
1: Like that's the nuts. year after this.
0: Like, would, what? did you have? Were you like? Was it bleached Kind of.
1: No, it wasn't bleached at all. Uh, hmm. <laughs> there's other. It's got to be
0: you though. There's a. There's a picture I saw oh. recently that I was like, that's got to be him, dude. Um, but uh, yeah. So like, okay, I did not know that their last show was uh at, was at like um. Was at at Sound and Fury then? So you, even though you had kind of gotten into like hardcore prior, uh, to like you know, kind of like late like late two thousands, like you never got you never went to like the Sound and Furies that were happening pre the the move to Santa Barbara.
1: No, so like because like I think one of my friends, the first time like anyone's that one of my friend group traveled to like a fest like hardcore fest was my friend Nathan. He went to the year before that to Sound of Fury. But, yeah, just besides that.
0: Okay. Who else played that year that Violation broke up? Like, do you remember any standout sets that you were like, oh, that one was like badass or like, you know, being at your first fest, like, you know, I know that a lot of that stuff like hits.
1: Well, I remember I went, we we wanted to go to see like Zobalba pretty much because that's when we are like super into him. So Zobalba was dope. I remember it was my first time seeing over my dead body. They were like, Oh, cool! Sick. They had a huge circle pit and shit. Hell yeah! But besides that, can't even think. Oh, was like the lineup was like, because this is the time where I didn't really know that many bands, so I just went for that. And that's the time like my homie Emerson was more into it than me. We were, we were like fairly in the like into hardcore as much. But I remember he's just like, "Yeah, oh, you just want to go?" Like I have a free ticket. Like two people bailed. I was like, "All right, I'm done." So
0: I hear you. So you're at this point if it's eleven are you like out of high school yet or are you still in high school
1: out of high school okay i was like that was, was kind of like a graduation present thing so
0: i got you, so, myself, you, you so you're just finishing up high school here. what like kind of what were your your you haven't played in a band yet or anything like what were your plans kind of after high school
1: uh, my well my plan after high school is because during my junior to like, senior year i was super like into audio engineering so I took audio engineering classes and I was like, "Oh, you know, I'm going to go to college for this shit." And then after up year, I went to college in Long Beach and then I was like, "Yeah, I'm not into the shit anymore." So
0: like were you were, were you not uh, into college or were you not into like that subject anymore?
1: That subject cuz like I took an audio engineering class with my friend Jovi and I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna switch majors to film." So
0: <laughs> Okay, got you. Did yeah. you stay in that same spot?
1: No, nah, I think I, uh it was just like this is why I didn't have a car either so I was just taking public transport. I was just Oof. getting too hectic. And I was just like, you know what? like I, I can't afford this shit. So Were you living in Long
0: Beach? Were you taking public transportation uh, from Orange County?
1: No, I was taking I was living like on the border of like Orange County and Long Beach. So I take oh. the bus from there. So technically oh. I live in Orange County still wow. but yeah.
0: Shit, yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I imagine that getting taxing. The idea of not having con- like kind of like your own autonomy and control of like where you're going or what you're doing, and it being expensive, like fucking yeah. sucks. I wouldn't have wanted to do that either,
1: especially in California. Um,
0: yeah, bro. Like, so you like kind of like like so like like were you there for? Like a semester? Or were you there for like a year?
1: I was there for a year, and then this is when we were trying to. I was trying to figure out like schooling stuff, and then after that, I jumped into AI. Which is like the worst decision of my life. Hell yeah! And like, yeah, I was just private school, hell of money, and I was just like, it's not even worth it. But and then I finished my college at like a community college in Orange County. LCC.
0: Sure. Are you and at this time, are you just like going to stuff locally? Like you know, like kind of like what's sort of going on for you musically in that time period? Uh,
1: musically, so like going back, like in high school, I was still into metal and stuff. So I think right after high school is when. I was more diving into like hardcore because the community of hardcore at that time was like, to me, just like so interesting and like dope, you know? It was just cool. For sure.
0: I mean, the difference between metal and hardcore in that regard, in in my opinion, is this. It's like, you know me, man. Like, I I love metal. But you can go to a metal show and like not talk to anybody. Yeah. And like, and like, and like like, people are like, it's not necessarily like you're going to go there and like, I mean, it can be this way, but you 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 can go to a metal show and like not make any friends, not talk to anybody, like not like link up with anybody, like after like down the road or anything like that. Whereas yeah. hardcore, like, there's this sort of intrinsic community aspect to it oh, sure. that I feel like is is like a little bit is like a little bit different, and it probably because the genre is not as big, yeah. so it's like you know like. It, uh, I guess like how people kind of like treat their scenes and stuff like that is is maybe like a, with a little bit more um I'm trying not gonna say care that's not really the right word but yeah. like uh you know it, it, a little little closer a little closer to the chest a little closer to the heart um yeah. but uh so no I, I get that I mean I, I especially at that time too like in your yeah. life I, I get the appeal of like wanting to like you know like oh like I, I want to be a part of like a community you know I'm post out of school. Yeah, that can be the kind of like a trepidatious, like hard to figure out time and everything. So I get it.
1: Because think about it now, like this is right when I graduated high school. Like I kind of stopped skating because all my skater friends like stopped skating too, and we all like just like spread apart. And that was like my community was that. So like going to the hardcore shows and meeting all these other people, not from my area, that are like still in the same. We had the same interests and shit. I'm just like, yeah, this is dope. So for sure. So from like. From graduation to my college years, like, in between, I'd, like... I saw I had my license by then, right when I graduated, so I'd borrow my mom's car, because I didn't have one of my own at the time. And, like, I'd drive, or, like, my friend Emerson would, like, pick me up, and we'd just go everywhere, so.
0: Okay. Got you. And, yeah. like, and like, were you just... Were you going to shows, like, just, like, all over? Were you, like... Or is it still just predominantly stuff in, like, Orange County, or are you just kind of hitting everywhere now?
1: The... Pay- Thinking about it, the two venues I usually would go to would be, like, so when I, after high school, I still lived in, like, the Inland Empire, like, Murrieta, so I'd always go to Galindo's, and at this time, Galindo's had the new Galindo's, which was bigger, and, like, the one of the biggest shows there was, like, I think it was, like, Alpha Omega and Terror.
0: Oh, sure. and it was yeah. right,
1: I think it was before, right after Santa Fe, I think it was right after, like, the year I went with Emerson. Is and Keeper's
0: like, out yet at that time? It's gotta be.
1: Oh, yeah, it was Hardimsen out, Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Going real like, big,
1: going real big. Going then. huge. Because that show yeah. was like insane. It was, a bu- it was a bomb show. But like, either way, like, I think around like 2012, yeah, the, the place got shut down just because like this business stuff. So the two venues I'd go to was Aladdin Juniors and Chain. And the okay. farthest I would ever travel, the farthest show I traveled was a New Year's show up for 2012 because everyone's like, hey, we're still alive. Huh? Like, joke shit. <laughs> and it was like, or, I think it was Minority Units, like, record release for the last album. I was like, gotcha out and a bunch okay of shit.
0: i never got to go to aladdin's but i did play pbw which i know is like the same room yeah um or whatever what was the i mean like when that transition happens just for my own personal record what was the difference
1: so like the transition from Aladdin's to pbw was
0: like the was like the room the exact same or had they changed stuff
1: up thinking about it now i haven't thought about that place in a minute thinking about it now Aladdin juniors there was way was way more open because they didn't have as much shit in there. You know what I mean? Okay. So I like PB, so when it was PBW, they had, like, random tables in there and shit. Like, they had that before, but it was, like, just, like, like just chairs. And it, it wasn't that much in there. It was just, like, more – you can basically fit more bodies. Sure. And okay. then it shut down, a long, super long hiatus, and then it was just weird to me for, like, going to shows because, like, not a lot of good shows were happening at Chain, and then we had another place called Costly Menace that was down the street. But that venue was even worse. It was just like they didn't want to move the tables. The room was hell small, so mm. I was just like everyone's getting fucked up. So
0: yeah, okay. I I'm getting kind of like the lay of the land. Are and are like you've been playing guitar forever at this point? Are you playing with anybody yet?
1: So shoot, I think around fuck like 2013 or 14. This is when. I joined my friend's band, Run in in the Inland Empire. I, this is at this point I lived in Orange County again because like I just gave up on like trying to live with my own because I like, couldn't afford it. It's expensive and, out there, bro. Yeah. Yeah, and like I just I had like a dingy ass job that didn't give me shit. So I was like, you know, I was like, Mom, so I where are you working? Home. I was just freaking helping my friend like with his business out. It was like some small shit, and he basically just let me sleep there for free. I was just like I got I'm broke <laughs> nice. this was in Fullerton so I just moved back with my mom and then okay. just figure shit out from there but anyway like at that time I joined Run Amuck, and this is when I had my own car so Hell I drove yes. back and forth from Orange County to the Indian Empire just to like play in this band
0: what was, was Run Amuck like what was the vibe
1: it was just like generic hardcore shit but like little small New York hardcore influences so okay
0: the name fits that so yeah. killer was exactly. these, how did you, like, how did you know the people that were in run amok?
1: Shows. So, like, the I guess the first people I met outside of Marietta were, like, my friend Steven and this guy named TJ. And, like, we met him at Aladdin Juniors. And then my friend Nathan, too, like, he knew him for a minute, these guys for a minute. And then just, like, you know, normal shit, like, kept networking with these people and met their friends and met these dudes. They're like, hey, you play guitar? I'm like, yeah, like, you they guitars. guitarist. So I joined. And then at that time, their original singer, our friend Wombat, uh, he left the band right when I joined because he was just over it. And then my other friend Chris, who plays drums in Section 8, joined. So we both joined kind of at the same time. And then just from there on, we were a band for like three years, three, four years. And then that was like my first, my first in actual serious band, I'd say. So
0: what what was your first show that you played with them?
1: Fuck. Uh, I remember. It was like I remember just some dude walking up to me. He's just like, Oh, for a show? Oh, you're gonna be super nervous. Huh? I was like, <laughs> Well yeah. <laughs> and at this time, like my setup was I bought my my dream quote unquote dream guitar, which is like a EC one thousand ESP. It was like black with like gold bevel. And I bought like some Marshall head that I did not know how to use. But either way, like I, we played some shows in Fontaine, I was in Santa San Bernardino. In like the hood at okay. some skate shop, skate slash smoke shop. It
0: Hell yeah. was hella last minute. then <laughs> like
1: we've been, pra- me and Chris, we've been pra- practicing with run muck for like I think a year now or a couple of months. And then my our drummer Paul at the time was just like, let's fuck, it, let's do it. We played power one out like three times. So I was freaking out because I thought my head was gonna explode but mm. I didn't really know shit. And then it ended up being a cool show. Like all our friends showed out and like started bashing and shit and like Hell the yeah. random owner was some tweaker guy he's like, eh, shit. like eh. so,
0: oh you mean you oh you mean the guy that runs the skate and smoke shop was a tweaker you No, know, yeah, was like, spread.
1: <laughs> but yeah that was my first show Fuck i ever yeah. played so
0: did it like was it like was it just with like local bands or like do you was it like anybody like notable that you played with
1: no nah, i was like all local bands here you just because like i feel like the whole in the empire scene unless you like played a big venue it was just pretty much as local because no one church. really wanted the to tour out there. Because like Galindo's was gone, so that was the only like notable venue besides like some church that was like metalcore central. So no one really wanted to touch it. So
0: metalcore loves playing at churches,
1: yeah, for real.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay, so you you play your first gig. Like how long do you do Run Amok for?
1: So after that, I'd, I'd say like, 2012. 14 15 i'd say for about four years and then it kind of like we didn't break up but it kind of just died out because like oh so you were in that for a minute yeah yeah it was like that was, that was the band i remember because i walked into practice and i only know how to play drop tuning and they're in b standard and then i was playing guitar and then the drummer and the other guitarist were like what are you doing and i was like oh, playing guitar <laughs> and then they're like no we're in d standard i was like what's that Huh. and then straight changed my life I can't go to the drop anymore like standard's like just the best tuning any standard tuning yeah
0: oh I agree with you I mean like I'm not even like a like I can barely play bass but like mm-hmm. I just think from all like uh, all the bands I've done like I've I'm like like everybody guitar player I've been in it with have been like no I don't want to do any drop shit like I just want to do like standard be it breakwear MAD it's everybody's been like we, we gotta play in like a standard tuning yeah it um, just sounds better yeah Well, i feel like it's also like you it, you can like translate stuff i think better that way as well yeah like um but uh you so you are like you do that for like 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 a like a like a time period kind of like what did you all like play like outside of the area at all or kind of like how often did you all gig
1: so like our first it was like thing about it's it like kind of makes me like stoked but our first like outside of southern california shows like we played <laughs> this big berkeley fest that like bowl break down and like take offense and all of our bay friends played oh shit um it was like it was a yeah it was a berkeley fest it was like three days we got hit up to play we drove up hella fun say that our singer's family's house it was because he's from the bay what part of is he from well actually no he's from the IE, but his family lives in the bay his family lives in uh shoot, san mateo okay sure yep super nice but yep, um definitely. yeah we stayed there as the first out of town show and then after that our first out of the state show was in Reno and that show was like it was, it was pretty cool but I've never been to Reno it's um, cool Oh dude I remember when we we showed up we were like fuck it's gonna be like Vegas it's, <laughs> not. <laughs> it's not it's dude. not dude it was like Deadsville. <laughs> it was like a tweaker. We I remember we pulled in and it was a tweaker walking backwards. I was like, the fuck.
0: I mean, dog literally my uh my knowledge of Reno is strictly from Reno nine one one. So <laughs> I like, don't uh, so if it's accurate. anything like that yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> uh, okay, so so y'all y'all were like getting around, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, like you like 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 you play like up north, play out of state and everything. Uh did y'all have any records or was it just kind of like online releases or
1: so pretty much online. we had like one we had two tapes that's when me and chris joined like we had like a four song demo thing that when me and chris joined like they had two songs were in when me and chris wrote two songs dropped it and then we had like our big ep it's called world collapse and like our friends local label at the time put out the tape okay and then after that we had like one last promo before we just kind of just stopped playing so sure
0: So two questions. Number one, kind of like what were you doing like, in kind of like your life away from music during that time period of Run Amok? And then the second question is kind of like once that stopped, were you like, oh, I I need to like go ahead and do something new now? Or were you kind of like, oh, I'm going to take a break?
1: So during Run Amok, I was working at fucking Target and that kind of just like sucked the life out of me.
0: I'm sure like my was.
1: manager at the time, like she's the same age as me and she always wanted the party. So I couldn't really get weekends off mm. to like play shows or just practice in general. Like I was able to do it, but like it was very rare, but fast forward to like, I worked at Nordstrom's and then it kind of made it chiller, but from run amok basically I think mm. when I was doing run amok, I guess when I got closer with all the bay dudes and I was going to the bay like often, cause that's when I got like an actual reliable car. After like my first car, and I joined, or well, technically kind of started with like jacking all those fools hands of God. So, oh,
0: you you were like an original member of that. Mm-hmm. Are you in and hands of God now?
1: No. Nah, so okay. So on the timeline with that, like when the other show we left, so we only random like actually played like just three out of city shows. Like we played the big couple times, honestly, a lot of times, and one of the last times we played was with Hands of God and like our friends band at the time, but that was the first show I ever played with them. Because the second show that Hands of God ever played was like was me, Elliot So the LG line was me, Elliot from Gulch, mm-hmm. and then our friend Adrian and then Theo and Jaffe. Okay. So Okay. That okay. was like the original lineup. So Gotcha.
0: All right uh all right so yeah I, I had no idea i thought maybe you filled in for them at some point in time mm-hmm. but i didn't know that you were like you were down like that okay chill yeah um so kind of like so you joined that before run amok ends
1: yeah so i was still in run and then i was, I had that because during the run amok times like our singer chris was like going through like family stuff so he's busy and then the drummer was going through stuff and our bassist had like Life stuff too. He's trying to start a family. And then our other guitarist, he was going to like his own shit. So it kind of like took a pause. So I was like, all right, you know, what? like, Hands of God was like, this is when I was like super into like all out war and Marauder and all that shit. And I was like, hell yes. What the vibe was for that. And I was like, fuck yeah. And, this is I, and so progressively, like, Hands of God made me better guitars too because like it was single note shit, which I was already playing. But I remember Elliot showed me like, when I did my my chugs, I had I had an open note. He's like, you know, you could just hit the top E string, right? And I was like, What the fuck? <laughs> so, you know, I just learned some new shit and I was just like, All right, cause he wrote the pre re pretty much wrote everything. Only like contributed like one riff to one of the songs. But Okay. Everything was pretty much Elliot, so I just learned all his songs and it made Damn. it better. So
0: I did not know that. And but he's he's not in Hands Got God anymore, is he?
1: No. So he left before I left. So his last show with us was we got hit up to play with Water AD 18 visions and force order. It was like a small weekender. And we played this venue in San Jose called the Ritz. And that was his last show. And then my last show with them was at in Berkeley for that candy trail eyes tour.
0: Oh, okay. So that would have been like, what, like 2017.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, cause like during that time, like that's when, <laughs> uh, dead heat comes into the picture and like i think two years into hands of god i met like uh down south I uh, when i was going to more shows and shit like that's how i met like chris and like anthony and dead heat and then that's when anthony hit me up and he's just like hey like gonna start a band? like i know you're in hands of god and run amok but like i know like you're into like leeway and like chromax and i was wondering if like you'd be down to do some shit like that
0: so hell yeah so like all right, I'm trying, I'm trying to get like the timeline straight here. So so you, at the time you get hit up by Anthony and those Oxnard dudes to like play in dead heat, you're still in both Hands of God and Run amok.
1: Yeah, so technically Run Amok, not broken up, but big, long ride. It still was like not even a thought. What year is this? This is like 20, 2015, 2015, okay. 2016. Okay, got it. Darn. But this is, so my main bag typically, was hands of God at the time. So sure. so okay. I was doing that a lot. And then how was
0: that for you? Like traveling? Because like, I don't know. It's like, well, like six hours away. Yeah.
1: far. like at first. So this, at this time I quit target and worked in Bushrooms. Like I had my boss bosses cool enough to give me like weekends off sometimes. So I travel up there for like pretty much every weekend. Like right after work, I just drive up there stay at like jeffrey's house or like one of my other friends house and just jam with them but eventually it kind of like took a toll on me i remember one of my friends is like you went up there just to jam i was like yeah he's like it's fucking dumb i was just like oh, <laughs> fuck dude like the man's fun well i, I
0: mean like, that's Whoa. so that's the thing too is like you know this makes sense to me now because it's like i know you like go up there and like chill pretty often yeah like anyway and i was like I was like, huh. I was like, I wonder if he was like originally from up there or something or what yeah. or what have you. But no, this makes sense because you, you had that connection, you know, like via that. Yeah. Um had you, like also I'm curious, in this time period, have you done a lot of traveling outside of like let's say like the West Coast area?
1: Yeah. I feel like I'm kinda of jumping around a lot. Sorry. But um you're fine? No, it's I mean it's all so fine. I think before I joined Hands of God, my hardcore like life the, the first big show I ever traveled to out of state was the judge game. Oh, so, dude! yeah. So I In remember, New York? yeah. Dog. It was like, that's still one of my favorite like trips ever. I still, the friends I met there, I'm still like Nico from Chula Vista. I love that dude. Mm-hmm. I met him at that black and blue bowl and we've been friends since, you know, dude.
0: So when that got announced, that's like, like, I don't talk about it a lot. Like, yeah. uh, like amongst like our friends and stuff, but like uh, that's like top five favorite band, maybe top three, you know, for yeah. me. And it was definitely that time period. It was like, oh, they're never getting back together, you know. Yeah, it was like, it was was just, like you, you were just like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. It's like not happening. Yeah. And like dude, when they announced it, like I, like dog, like a tear rolled down like my, my like my face. I'm like, I remember where I was. I was <laughs> at Air, I was at Eric's house. Yeah, i was at eric's house i don't even know if he was home and <laughs> i saw like the yeah, i was just at his house uh i saw like like the thing gets posted online by black and blue and i was like oh my god because i had like made my band at the time to sound like that and everything and uh so i remember like i remember going and i remember like sitting there like like it was like sitting there waiting to get tickets like online. Yeah. I'd never done some shit like that where it was like, Same. yo, I need to like get this, I need to get this shit like right now. And that shit sold <laughs> out in like a second. And uh, yeah, I went and those, those shows were incredible. Like I still cite today the first night that they played, like the like the feeling when they like hit that like first note uh, like taking me away. I was like, I, I don't yeah, know if insane. I've experienced, I don't know if I've experienced something like that since, honestly. It's been, I don't power. think I have, yeah. It was incredible so i it's i didn't know we were in the same spot but yeah, uh yeah, did, thoughts,
1: what a weekend man
0: that, that was, was wild
1: because i remember like they announced they just announced the judge reunion just judge and i was just like all right so me and my friend ray i'm good friend ray at the time uh like i stayed like this is what I, I lived in torrance and then i moved back to orange county so i lived there just barely moved in and the first thing i did is get the internet and hello, wake up hella early to get these tickets
0: oh yeah because the time difference sure yeah, yeah
1: didn't get them so i hit up my sister because she lived in new york at the time i was like yo can you go to generation records i'll fucking give you money and she's like all right whatever so she did so she got me and my friend raised tickets and then and then the lineup kept getting crazier and crazier i was just like oh district nine fucking altercation breakdown because another big band i wanted to see was breakdown in new york
0: oh yeah just like
1: cheese on that and then i was like oh there's a lot of crazy old bands like i want to see some cool modern bands. And then they announced down pressure and take offense. I'm like, oh that's sick. I was like, I wonder if fire and ice will play it. And if fire and ice play. Like, oh, right. yeah. uh-huh. Yep. It's like stacked stack lineup. It's so stacked,
0: dude. Um, yeah, I remember like, Oh, I, I think like, I remember the time, like, I think like blind justice played. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, like always hanging out with those dudes and like Ryan and them. And I think, I think that's kind of like who I was chilling with that weekend. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, i don't have to look at that i have to look at like the the poster for that again because i remember yeah. like like they're like okay because at the time too you were like oh they're never gonna play again yeah you know it was like you you like you gotta be there and i remember like they're gonna they added a second night and i was like i gotta be there because they're never gonna play again yeah and then they ended up playing all the time but uh yeah um killer okay so you so you had gone to that uh which is a monumental show um away from like kind of the west coast like where like like, otherwise, were you traveling, to like, fests or anything like that, like, on the east, or were you just kind of sticking kind of, like, to your area?
1: Just sticking to my area. That was, like, at that time, like, this is when I was just I was overly obsessed with New York Hardcore. Fuck yeah. Everything about it. Because that's when I found out about, like, Leeway and cro So, I was just like, oh, I only want to go to Black and Blue Bowl. Because at the time, this Hardcore was, like, around the time where my work picked up, so I couldn't really get it off. Sure. So, I never even tried, so um but besides that yeah i just well that's the thing too that's so 2012 was the last sound of fury and then it was just a hiatus and it was just a bunch of like random fests oh i, mean, I remember had, um, yeah because they had destroy la right after yep and that one was it was pretty cool actually i don't know if it was after or before like the the dirt fest that's all i call it that was
0: okay so i can tell you because i remember because yeah. i really like because I, I like chain of strength and yeah. they play destroy la and i remember being like oh I would love to play with chain of strength like uh, you know like because that was another one I think they hadn't that was like their first reunion I guess mm-hmm. and uh, and I talked to oh dude, what's his name he was in new brigade mm-hmm. Talked to Rudy and uh, I was like yo like can like can my band come play like next year and he was like yeah he's like for sure like no doubt so uh, I keep like I keep like hitting him huh? up yeah. And I'm like, hey, like, is that getting like announced soon or like what's what's up? And he's like, yeah, yeah, soon, soon. He's like, tell me bands are playing. I was like, okay, I mean like sounds cool. And then uh and then it got announced kind of like late. And uh but we were I was still like, yo, we're like, we're still gonna come, you know, whatever. Um and yeah, it was the uh it was not, like just our, talk. Yeah, not just talk, it was, was called, like yeah. under the it was sponsored by like the sex toys yeah and it's in like the mulch field
1: yeah um, i remember they had a rug out so they are like oh so less dirt and then it just became more dirt <laughs> i mean
0: i like you know it was definitely strange i still yeah. like i still had a fine time it was but, fun still, Yeah, uh, you know but uh like yeah dtn came to play so i remember like being like amped on like seeing you know DTN my friends yeah. from home um but uh Okay, yeah, so I do remember that time period though of like there was that time period where like old Sound and Fury cause cause Breakgate was supposed to play the one where they only announced like half the lineup. Yeah. You remember that? I think like Ghost Inside and stuff like that was playing too. It was like they yeah. were like mixing it up.
1: That was the cancelled one, yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh so and so then I remember yeah, they canceled that one. And then there was those two years of the LA and not just talk and then uh, then it came back so mm. so like like probably by that point you're like oh I, I got like you know the biggest thing on the west coast is like down the street from me so yeah. you know you like no no reason to like shell out a bunch of money to go to like one of the like seven festivals on the east coast Yeah, you know kind of thing um, but uh, and I say that even as a person that like helps run one so <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah. I'm like it should get expensive yeah. uh, but uh, so like in this time period, it's like run amok's not done, uh, you're still in the hands of God, but like you know, you you get asked to start this band with like the 805 people, mm-hmm. um, and you know, so yeah, so like I guess it's kind of like 2015 is is that the year that Dead Heat starts,
1: uh, 1516, I'd say, okay, wait, yeah, 1516, because so basically, Anthony, Anthony was a, me and Anthony are technically the first members, and our friend Jimmy at the time was supposed to play drums, but. So basically the first band practice me and uh, Anthony had as as Dead Heat to write a song. Uh, I drove up, cause I didn't really venture to the 805 that much. Cause after Son of Fury, like, I had no desire to go up there. So we met in Fillmore at our friend Jimmy's house. He was supposed to play drums. Drummers, drum, at yeah, drum, play drums. <laughs> I show up before Anthony. I get to this fool's house. His drums are all not set up. He's playing like xbox or some shit <laughs> i was like hey what's up He's like, what's up i was like you're jimmy he's like yeah he's like nice to meet you he's like yeah <laughs> and then anthony shows up with like his combo app i was like we're having your setup he's like oh i sold it well i was like once you do shows like i'll get a setup okay so, either way like we wrote the first song we wrote together was the song dead heat i wrote the first half and he wrote the second half and our friend jimmy since he he felt bad since he didn't have his drum set up he just recorded us because he recorded so he okay. recorded the track and then after that, like I kind of ignored the project of Dead Heat. And like this is when I was going back and forth more to the Bay Area. Zooz was also like full fledged, like hands of God still. And I remember he'd hit me up like honestly, like for like five months. Cause I was like talking to some chick up there and I was just like concerned about that. But she was sure. just like, Hey, like, I just finished Dead Heat. And he sent me the song, I was like, Oh, sick. And then after that, he'd be like, Hey, like, I just got the full band line up. It's like me, Chris. Randall and such and such. And I was just like, oh, cool, cool, cool. And then you're like, hey, so when are you gonna come to practice? And I was like, oh, I can't. Like maybe next week. And then next week, next week. And then he finally was just like, yo, like you haven't came to any of them. Like you gotta come. Like the whole demo's pretty much written. And at this time, I got I broke up with the other chick, and I was all depressed. I was like, you know, fuck it. And then I it's went the best, best time to make music. Yeah. And then I showed up. He showed me all the songs. I was like, what the fuck? This shit's sick. <laughs> and then I think. What was it a right a month after that practice I learned the songs going consistently at practice and then recorded with Nick Jett at his home studio at the demo and then yeah okay but at that okay. time I was still in I was still in hands of God doing shit and then we I think the first show that he played, I, had, I couldn't play it because I was working at Nordstrom's and it was during mm-hmm. the holiday season it was like a Black Friday show it was the show was stacked it was like a free show at this place called material library Oh, I've like, heard about this place. Yeah, the downpressor show. Downpresser.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's the it's the the flyer that re- that references the long Longmont Potion Castle.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're spreading out like the like we eating raw meat. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know the flyer because I saw that flyer and I was like, "Fuck!" Like I wish I was at that show just because this flyer is sick. I didn't even know what Dead Heat was
1: yet. Yeah.
0: And uh, I was like, "Oh, damn!" But no, I've heard good things about that library.
1: Yeah. i think after that show like they did other shows and then i kind of just shut down but you know actually no shut down after another show but either way um so that was their first show and then after that it was like a couple weeks later i played our first show as a full band in like the central valley for like a benefit and then after that show we kind of just did local shows kind of not really and i was doing more hands of god stuff and then i did a tour with hands of god it was like our first tour my first tour ever actually like legit it was like a week tour with uh jukai uh Year of the knife and jesus peace
0: okay just west and, coast
1: and Von McCart, yeah just west coast so we me and theo and my friend uh steven we picked up the rental for jukai and we drove up all the way oh no it was for jesus peace we picked up the rental we drove it all the way to seattle from california and then we went to seattle met up with the jukai dudes i filled in for them for the last two days on bass because their bases had to leave. Uh, Ian? Yeah, Ian, yeah, yeah. Sick guys, dude. And then basically... My
0: first weekend ever was with a band he was in. Really? In like 2011. That's sick. Yeah, shout out out to Ian.
1: Shout out to Ian. But yeah, anyway, so the last show of that tour, second last show was the one at the library in California because Jesus Peace played that Nature World Fest, so we all decided to book a show. And then... That he played that show and that was my experience of seeing like the hometown love that dead he got because that show was like insane for us so fire yeah and no
0: that's a i mean like that t- what year was this 16? 16 16 16 yeah dude i mean like i imagine that tour was also a really fire tour in general yeah it was. like because those bands are all like on the rise like doing really well um yeah i imagine those shows uh, went off uh so you play dead heat's second show your first show it's crazy um you know kind of like it, yeah it like i, I guess stuff kind of hit the ground running you know with, like, with you guys what like, had y'all just released like a demo at the time
1: so bef- yeah so before their first show we released the demo and then that's when our friends from central valley and that band stepped for change which became like dudes who became in like distort and shit but They spread it around, and then we played some, like... (laughs) We played some fucking parking lot, skate park show. Okay. And that surfaced on Twitter, and people kept retweeting it. And then, like, Fools found us out more on that, and then listened to our demo, and then just spread, and then people, like, oh, this is sick, and all that. But you just kind of, like, evolved from there, I guess, from the demo.
0: And had, like, I assume... Because, like, your first, like record release like like physical like record it was with reconsider is that correct
1: no actually our technically if yeah actually technically our first release was the mind force Heat split.
0: Okay. Who put that one out? I'm trying to remember.
1: It was Travis's label, Feral Planet.
0: Oh really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. Um so so like how how did that come about?
1: Shit. Fucking I think well I think Mind Force was out at the time. They were so I think they came up before us around the same time. But we grew up we grew around the same time. So I think this is when i was still go up to the bay, like their demo dropped and I was like, dude, just this just sounds like Leeway.
0: Yeah, I you love know? the Mind Force demo.
1: Yeah, it was fucking insane. And so. fucking Chroniker. Chroniker. Yeah. And then I showed the the dead heat fools like, yo, you just listen to And they all checked it out and they all loved it. And then right around the time they released their single before their seven inch, like their first seven inch Mind Forces, it was like, uh, the, uh we want war or some shit like that. I remember that song, yeah. That song, I sent it to the band chat, and then Brando was like, yo, this is fucking nuts. Spread around more, and then I was just thinking, I was just like, this is, I think this is around like people were doing a lot of splits at the time, and I was just like, I'm just gonna like see if they're down. I was just like, yo, you guys, yeah, do you think you guys would be down to like do some shit with Mind Force? Cause I think Mind Force posted about our demo i think i'm pretty sure and then we posted about theirs because we both had social media at the time and then i dm i think the singer jay i was like hey this is super like shot in the dark but i was wondering if you guys are down to like do a split with us like it'd be cool east and west coast like crossover shit and then i think I was like a day later he's like dude 100 down and then like the whole process like we, we were gonna write two songs and then ended up being three songs and we couldn't we're trying to find someone to put it out on a vinyl, and then Brandall's like, "Well, Travis, he puts out Phil low stuff on his personal vinyl or record label called Fair Plan." I was like, "Oh, yeah, let's see with them." And then Travis was down, and then the rest is history. So
0: oh, there you go. Okay, I, I did not know that Travis, uh, did Travis did that. I, I'm kind of surprised that I didn't know that. But uh all right, killer. That I mean, that rocks. Yeah. So like that, yeah, that came out like pay the tolls on there the yeah, yell heard around the world yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. everybody knows the track uh, uh so yeah i mean like kind of like like people are like latching on the dead heat like really hard in this in this time period like 16 into 17 and stuff you know like kind of what like how like are things happening cuz you guys like start doing a lot what is seemingly pretty quickly
1: yeah, so, honestly, like, I'm still surprised with, like, how much people like this during, well, at least to now, too, but, like, during those two first two years, like, it kind of just, like, just pushed. So, like, right bef- right when the split was dropping physically, like, the whole thing, that's when we announced our full- first full US because, shouts out Bob Wilson, he kind of, like, put us out because he hit me up. I was just like, eh, because, all right, so... Going back, we dropped the first... So we recorded six songs at Nick's house. And we kept two just to drop eventually later. So we had four songs on the demo, which was the intro, Dead Heat, of Misfortune, and Fool's Hand. And then a couple months after, we're like, oh, we have those two extra songs, Access Denied and Seed. Let's just drop that. And honestly, that's what pushed us. Because that's when Bob saw it. He hit me up to play F.Y.A. And I hit the band up. I was like, yo, you guys down? Oh and yeah! Like, what the fuck? And they were like, "Yeah, let's do it." So
0: I was there for that set.
1: Yeah, you were uh, I
0: and mean, I don't. I don't know if I knew you yet, though. I think we're we're
1: like slowly becoming like. Acquaintances yeah, because
0: I remember like I remember I was I was side stage for that, and I was like, "Oh, like I've heard about this band. Like I'm yeah. like let's see what's up." Chris is wearing the track jacket, and I was like, "That's a cool <laughs> look. I'm I'm down to see what's 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 good with this." Up, and yeah. uh, and uh, yo, y'all had a fire set at that. Yes. Like kids were like really down.
1: It was dope. Because, like, I think going back, our first big show was when we played The Sound and Fury back. Or no, the second Sound and Fury back, it was um, we played the pre-show and it was, like, human garbage, Downpressor, and no right. I remember we opened it and then our big thing for that show was, a hey, like, let's cover Apocalypse Now, but do the intro and the mosh part. So we opened up our set with the intro of Apocalypse Now, and then we ended the set with the mosh part. So. Fuck yes! And then people recorded that, spread it around. And like, oh, this band, such and such, or Dead Heat covered fucking Apocalypse Now. This shit's crazy, and it went viral. And then I
0: think I did. I, think I remember seeing that video and being like, oh, dude, nice. Yeah. Because um, bands around here, Fire Nice specifically, and yeah. like a couple others, would do the same thing. Yeah. and I remember thinking like I was like I was like oh fuck yeah I was like some some other people that are like that are like rock with you know like be- like alpha and omega Pro Max you know shit yeah, yeah. um so yeah because I you know and that's the thing it's it's kind of interesting talking about this with you is sort of the the power of video like that's how huge. like you just get like a bomb clip of you playing or something I mean dude I swear. I think that's how I found out about Gulch and like the first time that I saw like them in like a big capacity was yeah. some just video them playing somewhere online, like really early on. And same, and now that you're talking about this dead heat, it's like, Oh, same thing. I saw like these videos of y'all playing and I was like, damn, I was like, people are about this shit. Yeah. Um, and it, it's so crazy. That's because like, it's like, you can't really manufacture that. Mm-hmm. Like it's gotta be organic. Super. I mean, you know, so, that's cool. That like that that kind of that tools out there and push y'all. So yeah. you guys play that pre show, you like you play that, that FYA. I'm I'm imagining in between you're just like playing all over California.
1: Pretty much. So basically our other big thing that pushed us was so for the whole FYA thing we're trying to figure out how to get out there. We're like paying Individual flights is too much because at that time it was like 600 to 700 round trip. And they were just like, hey, let's do this. is when we got closer to all the Long Island dudes. And like, hey, let's just do a weekend run out there. And then we weren't able to do that because it was just like van rentals and stuff was too expensive. So we're just like, fuck it. Like, let's gamble. Let's just do a full US. And then we did in like 18 days. So, who was the, was it just y'all for the full US? Pretty much. So, the full, um, so right before that tour, we did um another tour on. We did a, our first West Coast run as a band of Dead Heat was it was like Varmicard, Detain, Hands of God, and uh, Dead Heat. And we did a West Coast run, and then that's when we got closer with like all the dudes and like Detain and shit. And then those dudes were like, "Yo, you should try and hop on the Freedom Show too, since you guys are playing Fya, and we're playing Fy too." Yeah, so we're just like, right, we gotta head up to play that. We're doing FYI, let's just do this full US. So we did it. And we, it was just a basically just a headliner. So every other show was just us headlining. And then we did the Freedom record release split set with Will's other band. And then once we hit the East Coast, we did the tour with The Fight and Jukai.
0: Okay, so there are some like legs to it, but I mean honestly, yeah. I think the approach that you did for it is like the proper approach. like I, I remember I think Joe Hardcore told me this one time like when like w- like when Breakway was about to do like our first like we never did a full US we did like a half one. but I remember I posted something online that was like, who should we go out with And he messaged me and he was like, just go yourselves because it makes the show it makes like the people focus the show around you and yeah. like you're the you're the big deal for the night mm. you know kind of thing and you don't have anybody like taking the energy away from you blah 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 whatever yeah. and uh and so i, I think that's like also is a, it's like a good way to kind of position yourself out there when you're playing a town because i imagine you probably played some places that like don't have shows like as At frequently all. as you know yeah so they're appreciative that you're there and they're going to remember that you came through and, and mm. stuff and, and all that um, okay, so you guys made it work. Obviously, yeah. Uh, I mean, how was how was that tour? Was it just like, was it fire all the way through? Was it like up and down? Kind of what was the vibe?
1: Thinking about it, just fucking fire. <laughs> it was like yeah, the yeah. funnest. It's still like I think about it and like just get happy thinking about it because it was like we besides the band we brought like four of our friends. We brought X, one of our old friends, our friend Jaffe. Mm-hmm. We brought Nick, and then. Yeah, it was just those four. But those four, when they weren't doing Birch, they moshed. But, dude, so that's, like, that,
0: that's prime. Bringing yeah. like a mosh team, dude.
1: Yeah, that, honestly, does. it helped out so much. Like, the worst show we played was not worse because it was like cool, but like we did a. We fucked up first, first off because it was a winter tour. It was actually snowing like crazy. Mm-hmm. So when we, went, when we, our first show was we played it was Salt Lake City. And that show was cool. It was like people went off, but like, I know we were like kind of skeptical because I know Salt Lake's big on heavy bands. Yeah. So all the local acts were like, boom, like, you know, heavy shit. And then we played and it was pretty cool. And then our next show is in Colorado and we headlined and no one really cared about us. Mm-hmm. Like they had the, the biggest local band. The singer was reading their lyrics out of their phone the whole time. Oh. But the set was just nuts. So like people were like destroying <laughs> each other. And I was like, all right. <laughs> That's all right, actually maybe. funny. Yeah, I was pretty sick. And I was like, oh, we got hope. And then it was just our friends again, and everyone left. And then after that, I think we drove straight to Detroit because we had a day off. And then we played their Freedom Rock release, and we had a couple homies there. And I think that's when I first met Ty. Oh, and, like, yeah. What, a DOM dudes. play? Yeah, they played. It was like okay. their tour. That's when they dropped the two-song promo.
0: Gotcha, that winter promo. Were yeah. they on tour by themselves, or were they with Red Death?
1: did they were The a death? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yep. I remember the yeah. tour.
1: So I we played a split tour. set with Will's band, and then we went up, and everyone's like, "It was kind of weird because like we weren't sure because we weren't really announced on the flyer that we're doing a split set, so we made our own mock-up one and like photoshopped ourselves on there with like Will's band." But anyways, it was fine. So we went up after Will's set, and then we played, and there's like a good amount of people watching us, and then our friends got up front, obviously, and started moshing, and then more and more people came. And we played like three songs. We pretty much played like two songs on the split and a demo song. And then people liked us and bought merch and shit. So it's cool.
0: Um, so I mean, I mean like, like, especially then, like I like, I thought Detroit had really consistent shows every time Mm -hmm. I went there and were like fun and cool. And like, yeah, like kids were like not hesitant to dance, you know, like, like people like got into stuff pretty easy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know i've always really liked playing there did you all put it was it the sanctuary or was it somewhere different
1: it was somewhere different i think it was called like the elephant lodge or some shit it was like i remember it was just super cold so i didn't leave the venue (laughs) so we pulled up and we're just like "Fuck detroit about to get robbed but it wasn't that case at all but we just parked in front of the venue got there super early just chilled in there but yeah it was like i think it was a new venue they were trying out
0: so i got you I gotcha. Curious, a cool I, had, show. I said I hadn't heard of that spot. So after this tour, kind of like you know what was what was sort of next. Like at, by this point, I mean you're like you know you're not in the hands of God anymore.
1: Uh, after so, I was still in the hands of God during okay, that. Okay, you tour. were okay. Yeah, I was still in the hands of God. But so yeah, coming back to the tour, that's when we're like, yo, we gotta write our first LP. Let's fucking let's do this shit. So I was like going like. Balls deep in that shit but when i was in that my mindset was in that and then i was still doing hands of god stuff and then once elliot was like leaving i was writing a lot of the stuff but not too much because i was worried about dead heat so it kind of just like you know fell in place i was just i kind of just quit and they understood because they're like yeah we know Dead Heat's popping off more so like we want people that are local you know and i was like yeah just, this drive's killing me so yeah, I so quit. it's a, it's a yeah. f-
0: distance to be doing like, what? How often were you going up there? Once a month. Yeah, I mean that, yeah. that could def- that can take a toll on you, no doubt. Yeah. Um, let alone going up there just to jam and then having to like play shows as well and figuring that out or whatever, you yeah. know? And it's not like you're, it's not like you're like, like trying to throw money around to fly up there, you know, or, and things like that. Like, yeah. Um, Cause like that, that can, that can put a hurting on you like a different way. So I yeah. get it. Uh So, you, so you just kind of, or was that like 2017 or 18 that you kind of just commit to.
1: I think 17, 17, 17. for sure. Yeah. 17. When, does,
0: when does certain death come out?
1: Certain death comes out in twenty nineteen. Certain of 2019. death came
0: out in twenty nineteen.
1: Yeah, dude.
0: <laughs> I thought it was earlier than that.
1: No, the, the pan- um, we dropped the promo of Edgewood in twenty eighteen.
0: Okay, I was like, I, I, think maybe it's just like the pandemic is kind of like the next for sure. of time, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, because I forget that it's twenty twenty one and like not twenty, like not like not twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. Yeah, uh, but uh, okay, so. You, 2017 you guys are writing uh you're, you're like writing the record and kind of like what because because the thing about dead heat too is that sonically it's like it, it's it's like th- like it's thrash in a way that i feel like it's not necessarily like what like a lot of people traditionally pick up from thrash music yeah. like like there's not i don't think there's other bands out there that i'm like oh that band sounds like dead heat Kind of like what were you like picking up from? Like I don't like what were you like what were your influences?
1: For me personally, like the whole band, bare bones, like New York crossover, like Chrome's and Cro-Mags specifically areas of Best Wishes and like Alpha, mostly Best Wishes. And then for me it was like both first two obviously Leeway albums. Mm. But then like Thrash Bay Area Thrashed up to like like fucking violence and like heathens sure. and all that shit. And like Exodus and all that shit. Because during the time, like Anthony was like obviously miles better than me in the guitar, so he taught me more stuff to get better. And I, I got better with like my picking, my tremble picking, all that shit downstrokes. And his influences this is so during around the time of Dead Heat or certain death, sorry, Anthony was like super into like Venice thrash. Oh, like Beowulf, okay. suicidal tendencies, fucking no mercy. No Mercy You've,
0: like maybe I don't know like Evol Excel
1: yeah all that shit Excel yeah. and fuck there's one Uh, something youth I just the band's just like I used to listen to them too but the band's just like fleeting my mind but gotcha basically all the influence was that and then just like mostly just the like just thrash it and, and obviously like crumb suckers and shit too so sure so sure. that's a
0: big thing cause I mean you covered them so like I would imagine that was yeah part of it um, okay. So you guys are, you know, like writing this record while you're writing this in 17. Are you, are you guys like playing out a lot or kind of like, are you like, all right, we need to buckle down and write. Like what was sort of the operation? Like
1: playing local shows. And like, I'm trying to think of, yeah, we didn't really like tour that much outside of California. We just played local shows and like maybe played the Bay once or twice, but just mostly, yeah, just pretty much just buckle down. Cause that's when we were just like, We'd, none of our bands, because everyone was in prior bands before this, like the original drummer and Chris were in this band called Treacherous Skin. And then Anthony was like in local bands. And then all four of those dudes, like the old drummer, Brando, Chris, and Anthony were like in some like, uh, was it like Florida Death Metal Worship band? They never put out anything, I don't think, but that was before Dead Heat and they had that. But we, not, basically, none of us put out an LP, so we were like really determined to put one out. So
0: sure, sure,
1: that was yeah. our whole goal.
0: So okay, you like what? What ends up being kind of like, like you're writing the record had like had like Craig and like Scott and them already gotten in contact with you guys, or were you just kind of like, all right, we don't really have a plan to put this out yet, but we're gonna write it anyway. Like kind of like what was sort of the setup there?
1: We're just writing, it. and then Nick at the time was just like, yo, like I know the Edgewood dudes, like. I can put in a good word. And we're like, yeah. And then he did. And then I think like, because you guys, like specifically you, Ace and like everyone, all the homies like put on for us hard. Mm. So I know it caught their ear, like Edgewood's ear. And then Craig emailed us and was like, hey, like I heard you guys are writing an LP. We'd be down to like put it out. And then the rest is history, so.
0: I remember what I remember. One thing that happened is that so, albeit like like Edward is like Craig and Scott. It's like the it's yeah. like the brothers, the Kenny brothers. But there was other dudes that were like kind of like for for lack of a better term, like label heads as well. That like just mm-hmm. weren't like like they were part of the operation but didn't do like as much. Um, one was this guy Connor that was like maybe in there when you guys were all, like when. Like this happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is Punk Justin, and, uh, and then the other is like this dude, uh, like Cody, who um, he's like he was like in Candy for like a bit, like originally. Yeah. He's Like yeah, he's like you, you know Cody. I don't know if yeah Cody. Right. So. so I'm sitting with him at one of our friends' houses one day, and he goes, "Yo, man," he's like, "I'm part of like like the Edgewood staff now," and I was like, "Oh, dude, sick!" And I was like, "Yo," I was like, I- like i was like i heard about this band i think y'all should look into putting out and we're sitting on this couch he's like what's up with it and i was like well i know you're into like metal shit and i was like it's this band called dead heat and i was like like look them up like i was like the shit's cool and he was mm-hmm. like he, and he was like sitting there." he's like all right man he's like i'll check that shit out and then like <laughs> i don't think i like followed up with him and then like craig or something was like yeah we're gonna put that band dead heat and i was like oh okay <laughs> sick <laughs> like you know oh, and because uh, i was just like Helping out with like their social media and stuff, and just like all my homies' bands are on that shit. So, like, yeah. Um, but I was like, yo, I was like, we, I was like, y'all should like branch out into like people that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And like, cause none of us really like, like, I'd encountered you maybe, but like, mm-hmm. I didn't know the rest of anybody in the band. Yeah. But, uh, so, okay. So, I, I, I like, I, like, timeline wise, I, I know exactly when this was where like they, they probably like reached out. Um, and a lot of things about that record are, I mean, like, like it's all it's like very like in house in a way. Like Anthony like drew that record, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's like you have like a band member like do the art, like you know, it's it's y'all's all y'all's like first like LP and mm-hmm. everything, and like so you guys are writing that in seventeen, or you guys are writing it in eighteen?
1: We're writing in seventeen, pretty much okay. all seventeen, and then in eighteen we kind of like 17 to 18, we're kind of like, all right, let's just, let's just put something out just to like have our name out there just to be relevant, you know? So, right. I think it was around this time we got hit up by Edgewood. So that's when we put out the promo tape with to the core and last rights. I remember that. And then that floated before we got hit up to play our first Sound and Fury. So that, that came out and then people were like, oh fuck, new shit. So we dropped that. And then after that, we're like, after Sound and Fury, we're just like, all right, it's fucking let's react like a couple songs left let's finish this motherfucker and then we hit up that's when we already hit up taylor to like schedule the recording and then taylor helped us out big time was just like yo, know like maybe you guys should record one of the demo songs so you know resurface your material so that kind of helped writing even better so we're like, all right we got three songs left now so let's fucking bang this shit out so that
0: sound of fury you like you played like uh a... the small room okay yeah and like. I wasn't there, but it just like I saw pictures and videos from that set, and it seemed
1: like dude, that's still <laughs> like that. Like I remember we we played that year, and it was like it was cool because we got hit up. Like Madison hit me up, I was like, "Yo, you down to play?" I was like, "Yeah, we're down." Spot room, all that, and then I remember getting up on the stage and like setting up, and I didn't want to look because I'm just all nervous. I'm like, oh, "No one's gonna show up. No one gives a fuck about us." And then my friend X and my friend Jerry were like right next to me. Cause that's when that year we put out, like we printed like friends only shirts and it said DH crew and like the Oxnard symbol in the back. The oh yeah, symbol. I know the one. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Now I wrote like Chris was passing them out. So I was just worried about the set. So just setting up and then X and Jerry were like, dude, look. And I was like, I don't want him. He's like, just look, and i got up and the whole place was just fucking crowded. Yo, fuck. Yeah. And I just like, Oh shit. And then <laughs> the lady sound lady was like, Hey, five minutes. And I was like, like sit on my show oh, okay, and then we play and it was like I remember just hearing like stories from homies they're like bro I couldn't get in it was so fucking packed god it's beautiful it was fucking it was straight up like and then after that it launched the, that that fucking fest launched us even further so it was a blessing for sure so
0: at like the record well do you guys go to Europe before or after it's, it's after a certain death comes out
1: after certain death comes out so all right, so after Sound of Fury, played shows and all that shit, and then basically fast-forwarding it, we're, I think, because in the in between tw- in 2018 and 2019, we're just doing local shit. I don't think we did that many big tours. I don't, I don't think so, but I remember we got hit up to play FYI again, but at, like after show. Okay. And then another same shit, like, oh, let's book a tour. This makes sense. And then that's what's going on. It's like, yo, I got a tour. All right. And then that was um, The Fight, Hangman, Rule the Mall, and Us.
0: I remember this. And that okay. was, yeah. And
1: that was like the beginning of like the end of December and January. And then around that time, that's when we announced the album. We're just like, yo, certain deaths coming out. I remember when I asked to grind the premiere song. And then we did that tour. It was fucking amazing. It was fucking sick. And I think January, February. February is when we dropped out.
0: Okay. I remember I was like, it, okay, so it makes sense to me now. Cause I was like, that really came out in 19, but it makes sense if it was early 19. Yeah. early 19. Cause I remember being in the ether for like a long time and mm-hmm. long enough for like, if it had been like later in the year, I'd have been like, but yeah, you wouldn't have gotten a playoff at that much. And I know y'all got the playoff at a fair amount. Yeah. So like that comes out real big response. People are into it. It's selling well. I know. Um you know like 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 did you guys like tour immediately after it came out or was it the kind of thing where like you're just kind of playing bigger shows sort of kind of like what was the change for y'all if any uh when the record dropped or was it just kind of a continual gra- gradual growth
1: I think it was a continual gradual growth cuz I think going backwards I think in 2018 I think that's the first year we played United Blood. Mm. I don't know if uh, you or Braces hit me up or the band up, but we played that and then... That oh, yeah,
0: us. I remember that. That was y'all's first year. Fuck yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember that pushed us even more because everyone's like, all oh, the homies got there. That's a good and year. That was a fun year, dude. That was a good then, year. That was,
0: I think straight up, dude, I think that's my favorite United Blood that's ever happened.
1: It was so fun. Then, honestly, like that was another good memory that year. But I remember that was the first year we played because we played super early too. like I think mm, third. Yeah. And the turnout yeah. was still sick. I was like, "Fuck, people do fuck with us." (laughs) And then fast forwarding back, so after the East Coast tour, February dropped the album. We just, I think, we played United Blood again after that, and then after United Blood, we played our record release weekend with the fight, and then technically the first tour we did off the album was Backtracks last tour. So.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. All right, all right. I remember this. Now did did y'all was that like a full US or was that just kind of like legs of like a larger tour? I can't remember.
1: I think it was it was uh, just strictly East Coast.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I remember this now. All right. Yeah. So yeah, you're doing that then. That was in like a summer.
1: Yeah. That shit sucked. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was hot as fuck, dude. I remember yeah. like um like that time period. So that was in like a summer and when like, okay, so this is like, like middle of 2019. Like you guys do that tour. I remember their last shows were in November. When did you guys, like, how did you get linked up going over to Europe? And when did you guys do that?
1: So I think we got linked up a couple months before we did the backdrop tour. And some dude named Sander from that, um, before louder but now it's stronger booking hit us up and was like oh hey, that like, oh okay yeah got it. so that's how we got linked up and then we we just talking. i was talking to him back and forth i was like yo like what's up that was actually going down he's like yeah we set everything up with like drivers and all that tour dates and at first it was like just a week and then we kept putting on more and more it became two weeks and then the tour was set for november for us to go to europe so so I think after the backtrack was a couple. Back actually no backtrack was the backtrack tour was. Yeah, around summer, and then right after that, we played Sound and Fury again on the big stage. Cause I oh remember, yeah, yeah. Because I remember the European dudes were using that footage, like Big band, Big Ben, watch them, <laughs> and fucking they're using that as promos and shit.
0: So. I mean that set looked fucking crazy too, though.
1: Yeah, but I had like a meltdown during that set because my string broke, and I was just. back time, <laughs> which string broke? It was the fucking. Uh, so I had this. You no know, one of my other guitars I had was this fucking. What was it? Some ESP guitar with a whammy bar. And this is when I was starting to get, barely getting better at like my whammy shit. Mm-hmm. So I did a die bomb for True Blue. I was like, hell yeah. So I tried doing it again on another song. That shit popped. Oh. And I remember on that backtrack towards the first time I took it out, that sh- the strings popped on that guitar like fucking five shows. Damn. I was like, dude this i'm fucked i'm over this guitar but yeah basically i think it was like oh, yeah. the a-string broke mm. and then i rushed downstairs to try and grab it was like the song ending complete right before the guest spot right before my solo and shit popped ran oh. downstairs grab my other guitar because i let ty borrow it for like dlm tour right weekend or thing they did but it was not d standard so i fucking tuned my shit real quick Oof. and then we did the violation cover and then i remember nate's like yo yeah you can't you can't play the last song like it's over even though we ended with to the core and the the and reaction with that was nuts i was just still like bummed out like i fucked oh, this shit man, up man i hear we you can play the money song and i was just like just bummed out what like, were you I gonna said, end on pay the toll oh fu- oh you guys nice. didn't put oh my it was to the core it was to the core we ended it out i was like yeah i'm a raw hybrid yeah she was nuts, and then anthony started doing the pretty note ring out part and then nate was like nope nope oh, and they were like no no he's like nope nope pain and then dude. i fucking punched my guitar and i was just like i'm fucking sorry <laughs> dude, it's it's
0: well i mean you'll get another chance hopefully. eventually we're yeah. on the way um yeah. but uh okay so you guys go over to europe and everything like a, like a few months later, mm. how like how was that experience? How how is everything in kind of your, your life? Also, it's like with your job or like they like cool with how much you're doing. Like, is it stuff tough? Like, what's up?
1: So actually, at the beginning of like I guess Dead Heat's career when we're actually a full band doing our shit, I was at Nordstroms and I was I was working on Nordstroms for like two and a half years doing like stock and like shipping and receiving. I was kind of over the job. Cause I hated my fucking boss and then mm. ended up getting let like, go of that job. And then I was just doing lift for like three months, hated that shit. Cause it's the one strangers in my car. And then I just did temp jobs for like a bunch of times. And at the time when I was, when we did the, for our first full us, I worked at this crazy, like chemical shipping facility. And I was like two months in and I was there. The, the contract was for five months. And then I told my job, I was like, Hey, like, before I joined this job, I got accepted to go to, like, a family road trip for, like... Nice. Three nice. weeks. <laughs> three weeks. Can I do it? And they're like, oh, oh no. And then uh, I teared back and forth, and then eventually I got it. Went back to work. It was normal, and then my contract was terminated. So, basically, I was just jumping around from job to job until I got hit up to do the scooter gig. Yes, so. dude. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: Tom Dom hit me up today and said, thank J-Nut for letting trail and crust right around on scooters <laughs> <that one. laughs> so, was, he was he was like he's like i've never met him but i want to thank him for that <laughs> i was like all right i'll let him know <laughs>
1: that was a fun gig for sure
0: um but uh yo so like all right so, so you're, you know you're a scooter man in there they seem to be cool with you doing super whatever. cool
1: yeah super um, cool.
0: and uh you go yeah so like you're doing that you go to europe like we were talking about Mm-hmm. And you were saying, like, what what looked to be like you were saying that it was it was good. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, where all did you play? Like, what countries? Where was the coolest, you know?
1: So, our whole, like, every other European tour it was mostly just, like, Germany. Yeah. So, but I remember, like, going, my friend Aldo was like, bro, you're going to fucking hate Europe. I was like, nah, you're fucking lying. He's like, no, nah, sucks. I was like, all right went i fucking fell in love the first the first so we flew in and then that's when our fill-in for the backtrack tour shots out josh
0: oh josh shout out yeah, to shout the man josh,
1: buff guy you yeah, know dude. but he, filled in for, shit. <laughs> he fell in for he felt he fell in for the backtrack tour because anthony can do it and then anthony can do european tour and we're just like fuck and i was just like wait hit up Josh was like, "Yo, you down to go to Europe?" He's like, "Fuck yeah!" Dude. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> yeah, like. And it was like he was super stoked. We flew so uh, fast, flying, flew out. It's fucking cool ass experience. First show was like in this place called Trier, and we met all these dudes. It was like a super DIY punk house. And the first show was mayhem because me and Brando's shit pretty much exploded because we forgot about the wattage. Mm. Oh so shit, that's head, right over so, there, yeah. So my power supply blew up and I was like, oh, fuck it. And then I hear Brando, what the fuck? Mm. And his fucking his, he had his head called dark, uh, some dark glass head. Hell expensive. Shit blew up. It was all black and smoky. Damn. I just started laughing. I was like, what the fuck's going on? And then we ended up playing the show. It was cool. It was just cool to be in Europe. And then the next day we played that fest. Um, uh, Sounds of the Revolution.
0: Oh, big one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, big one. And we opened. And I was like, oh, fuck, we're opening. Mm. But the cool thing about that fest, super well put together, like insanely well put together. The opening, the small stage was right at the entrance.
0: Oh, that makes things a lot better. So, yeah, so people are coming in, they're seeing you.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. like, we played an hour after doors. So, wow. all these, like, we had our fans there and our friends and shit a lot of it was cool because a lot of american bands were there that we knew so they all showed up and like watched us. and then we started playing once we started ringing out all these europeans sort of walked up and then just watched us. and those i still i don't know where the footage is someone filmed it i think it's a guy named nick but he hasn't put it out yet because he has like tons of footage to put out but that was the sec- our second show was one of my favorite shows because it was just Holy like cool. it was like a hell of people were there watching us we got a big fan base after that so
0: yeah i mean you're you're on another continent
1: yeah and people are
0: like are into your shit so
1: singing along motion but that's when i had my first like i'd say musician european experience some guy some old ass fool walks up to me he's like can i have a pick and i was like oh i only have two man i actually i think it's my last one and he looks at me all weird like mad dogs me i was like fuck it over like, here and he's like Yee. and then i was <laughs> yeah. like yo like josh you know, picks." he's like bro like 30 so i was like i was i was i was, I was fine but the fact that he just didn't understand that this is my last pick, I have no more, <laughs> and he just thought I was being mean to him.
0: That's a super euro experience, dude. Yeah,
1: but I love them all. They're all sick. <laughs> uh,
0: where, like, where was your favorite place over there?
1: Favorite place, fuck. Um, it's funny. It's like it was a college town, Den Haag. It was just. It was one of our. We got there. the. The mm-hmm. cool thing about the whole tour is, shots out our driver Yari. He was super on time, punctual. And we got to our shows like four to five hours early, so we just had that much time just to fuck around. Yeah, and then we linked up a couple of dates with Bent Life, and that was cool. Just to hang out with those fools, the Millers and shit. Shouts out, so a shout out the Millers. Shout out, us talking honestly. No, favorite place was Prague. That shit was fucking sick. Oh, Prague's, Prague's cool, dude. Shit. Yeah, Prague's dope. Hella cheap shit. Best coffee spot I went to. Everyone's hot. It's fucking nuts. Yo,
0: yeah. Oh, yo. I mean, when I was there, I, 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 like, I didn't. I don't know why, but like, we like. We came in there from like Poland And I guess like the drive or whatever Like we got there kind of late So I didn't get I got to walk around a little bit But I didn't get to like like Enjoy it as much As like I wanted to But like uh, It just looked cool Do you remember where you played there?
1: In Prague We played some like Upstairs attic It was like It had a skate ramp Right next to it We were okay. like floor level all the time the Okay out was like 30 kids But it was like The room was so small It was like kind of packed up so. Well
0: dog I mean like One of my, Did y'all play Switzerland at all?
1: yes we did
0: okay did you play like uh work 21 or like like do you remember what place you played there
1: it was a nice venue i know i had a shower is
0: it right on the water
1: yeah right next to the water
0: okay it's i it's it's work 21 another spot yeah. so that's one of my favorite venues in the world yes Super and, spot. And, and also Zurich is one of my favorite cities in the world maybe my yeah. favorite and uh we played a show there, so th- like the first tour I went to on there was like, with DTN, so it was like, a lot of people there. The second one we went to, like we were headlining, and uh, like, um, like you talk about like the show in Prague, like only like thirty some people came, but like it didn't feel like that like at all because like yeah. of like how that room is like set up and everything. It was just cool.
1: Yeah, I'm and
0: sure. uh, like you know, I think that's some like some of the best shit where it's like it doesn't feel like there's like. You know, it's like like people are just there having a good time and you're like, "Hmm, I wonder how many people were here." It, it like seemed packed, you know, whatever. And then you get the actual number and you're like, "Oh, that's surprising." Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh okay, so you guys play there, it's sick. Have a good time. You know, you come back. This is the end of 2019. Uh you know, do you guys come back and are like, "All right, we need to start writing for the next record," or kind of like what was what was the kind of like the next step for you dudes?
1: Well, right after, literally right after that tour, we landed in the week, the next weekend. We did a weekend or a two-day, technically weekender with um, Force and Regulate.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember the flyer for that. And I remember pictures from those shows. It looked sick.
1: Yeah, so right after that, we played that. Two banger ass shows. Fun time. And I think going into 2020 is when... We like right, we're writing we're writing LP two. Cause at first we were supposed to we're LP two was not even supposed to be LP, it was supposed to be EP. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So Anthony had a song, I had a song, and then we just kept writing, and then we it was one of those things where we're just like, this doesn't feel right, let's just keep running. So we just kept doing it. And then I think because after that tour and the the two day thing, we just did small fest, like we played L D B and then we played some show in Seattle and then right straight right when the pandemic hit that's when we were just like, "Alright, let's hunker down and fucking write this motherfucker."
0: Well, I mean, I think and everybody approached the pandemic in different ways.
1: Mm. But
0: I but that was like when that was happening, for me I was like, "Yo, I need to write music like now. Like this yeah. is the time to do it." Cuz some people were like, "I want to like wait and see what happens before mm. we do anything." But I think what y'all did cuz the record has been written and like done for, kind of a while at this point, yeah.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Um, so, like, you know, that's the thing. It's like then you can kind of like determine, like, all right, when's the best time? Well, you announced it as we record this. You announced today that it comes out on the twentieth.
1: Yeah, of course. So it's, it's,
0: you know, so as you listen to this one on the let's see, 14, 15, on the sixteenth, uh, you know, it'll be out four days from now. Yeah, you know, so uh, so you know, you guys. write this record like had had Sam had Yarmouth already hit you up like at this point or was it kind of like we're just going to write and then just kind of see what happens
1: I just write and see what happens because at this time this is when like right when we hit Europe that's when we started getting hit up by like other different labels so we got hit up by like Flat Spot Bridge Nine and like a couple others and then my friend Dave tried he sings an ammunition. He was just like, hey, oh, yeah. yeah, the homie. He was just like, hey, like, just so you know, Sam's pretty interested in, like, putting you guys out. Because Sam tweeted about us, too, when we dropped Certain Death. He's was like, yo, check out Certain Death. I was like, oh, sick. You know, on the Triple B page, and then we're just, like, trying to figure it out. And all of us are big fans of Triple B, like, Power Trip, you know, being on that. Hell so man. all that shit, we're just like, yeah, let's just do it. And then I got in contact with him. Dave gave me his number. I texted him. I was like, hey, like, we're running P P2. Like, you down to put it out? He's like, yeah. Or EP2 or EP. He's like, you down? He's like, yeah. And then we riot, wrote, ended up being an LP. He's still even more down because the EP was going to be on a 12 inch either way. So,
0: oh, okay, sure.
1: So it just made sense. So, and then. You
0: know, I mean, I feel like that's like also like what's cool. I feel like dealing with him is it's for a label at his level, it is very like, hey, man, would you be into doing this? Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, (laughs) like, you know, like it's it's that for as big as triple B is like the, the operation in that regard is, so to speak, still very like friendly and casual. And it's not like, all right, you got to sign a contract or something like, you know, it's like you get contract level work without having to like do that,
1: you know, Um, contracts and shit.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, but, uh, okay. So the approach to writing this record you know, you're like it's like you get into 2020, three months in, things start shutting down. Like, you know, you're like, all right, we're just gonna buckle down and write this, and just kind of like work with what happens. What was what was different about writing this record? And then, and, and like, like what's what's the record title? World at War. I th- I th- that's what I thought. I want to make sure. Yeah. Because um, I saw the ad material at the ad mat, and I was like. Okay, I think that's the name. So yeah. you're, you're writing World at War. What was the approach to writing World at War that's different than writing Certain Death?
1: Basically, like, there's like, I love Certain Death, but there's a lot of things I think all of us agree on that, like, we wanted to do more with it. Like, for us, in my eyes, personally, I still, I led to LP, but I think of it as like a EP because there's like re recorded songs and shit. Because at that time when Certain Death was out, the fucking promo was like pretty much its own release. So like we recorded those two promo songs, we recorded um, "Access Denied." We did a cover, and then we had like some instrumental thing that uh, Taylor made, which is pretty sick. But all together, wasn't that many new songs, I guess. You know that people haven't heard. Not so this, saying. yeah. So on this album, pretty much all new songs, well, ground yeah. up. Me and Anthony, like, I don't really think spoilers on the album. Like, we always wanted to do ballad tracks you know like acoustic shit with souls yes, over so there's like two of those on there on the album and then th- at this time like me and anthony's guitar players gotten way better especially me like anthony's anthony's always been good like straight up but like for me like being in the band i developed more and grasped more on the style so my style is more heavier and like more i guess like heavy metal shit i don't know and then like anthony's is like The hair glam metal shit that he always likes, you know, like crazy white snake and fucking wasp and shit. So but then again, like Anthony's the shit Anthony was listening to is way different. So we all started listening to SOD more again and all that shit. Just basically like heavier thrash. Like back into violence. We wanted to go back to the demo roots, but make it heavier. Because now because so, before this new album, we were E standard, and now we're in E flat, which is like Slayer tuning.
0: Oh, uh, okay. So, so, you're a little little heavier, sure. We're okay.
1: in the thrash, the legit thrash tuning.
0: I did not um, know that Certain Dust is E standard. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I knew it was standard, but I thought it was a different key. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, so it's so a little bit heavier, sure. Dang, yeah. y- y'all sound, I mean, you know, I've heard the record. That record yeah. sounds a lot heavier than E flat,
1: to be yeah. real. Because um, there's a lot of like, there's the the one the the snare which is a straight mosh part. Yeah the mosh thing. part. Yeah. And that's like probably and the first song too, the last breakdowns like a heavy spoilers, but like heavy breakdown of that stuff.
0: I mean you, so y'all listen to this right now. You know what you're getting <laughs> next week. You're gonna like you're gonna get some some marching shit. You get some heavy breakdowns. Like, you know, you know you know you want this shit. you yeah. got to purchase it. Yeah. Um, so you know, you go through this you you know like kind of like what changes for you also kind of during this time period of uh you know like being in kind of the pandemic and stuff for you personally
1: so this is I guess this is the first time we publicly say this but we have like member drastic member changes like Rando left because of college and then our drummer was just a straight piece of shit yeah so we kicked him out and then we so before our first drummer left or got let go brando's like yo i'm going to cal state berkeley or uc berkeley like i can't be in the band anymore and he's kind of i don't know if he was kind of nervous about it but i remember he hit me up first i was like dude fucking do it like you know that's fucking a big ass college you know it's hard to get into yeah and then he left and then our friend vince longtime friend og hardcore head, joined and it's been sick and then john left got kicked out and then our friend yogi joined i've always wanted yogi in the band so it's just like night and day amazing drummer amazing friend amazing person so you, Over, you get almost like
0: almost like a whole new lineup a little bit
1: yeah Maybe two so, people yeah the daddy 2.0 for sure and like having vincent yogi in the band has like made the band just so much easier you Pink know yeah like everyone like not saying like Obviously, we yeah, we didn't get along with like the drummer, but like it was super hostile. Like me being in the band with like that fool was just like, all of us was just like, it just sucked. You know, always arguing, all that shit, fighting for no fucking reason. And then now it's just like throwing jokes. It's like a good environment, clean good. And that's what, and when you hear like, well, that war, you'll see like, because that recording process with Taylor was like the most fun I've ever had in a long time, honestly. I, if, if i can go back and re record this record i would do it just because it was so fun you know damn I mean?
0: that's crazy because i hate recording so it
1: was fun dude you know it's just like <laughs> taylor always does justice to us and like he helped us get a big fucking drum room to record this fucking i was like dude this is like insane and then we went to his pad to do his shit with guitars and he was like, yo, I got this crazy setup for guitars. And then we spent like, you know, it was just fun. It was just like our vision for this album came true. And I think honestly, like, this is the best thing I've done, been a part of. Ever. That's beautiful. You know I mean? So
0: that's killer. I mean, like, you know, and I know that's going to reflect, you know, in, in the, in the material. And it does reflect in the material. So like when everybody else hears that, they're going to be able to perceive that as well. And, you know, you get the, you get the kind of a new lineup, you get some new blood, probably new ideas, new energy. You know, I think that that, that's a really solid thing that happened as well, um, for both the practical reasons and, you know, reasons that needed to happen otherwise. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, so like, that's kind of like what's going on with the writing process and the recording process for, you know, world at war, like, you know, have like, have you still been working for live during this time period or kind of like, what, what have you like, have you been kind of like handling the, 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 the era of the virus?
1: (laughs) so right before europe i left lime because they let me go because just startup company it being piece of shit people sure they let me go and then i got my current job there which is like i work for the state for the state project like basically saving orange trees in california because they're all dying from that
0: oh fuck yeah yeah i love crazy. orange juice <laughs> yeah
1: so same shit. and so europe went to that and then during a the pandemic i still work for the same company so cool I mean, it's a show
0: that you didn't have to change shit over.
1: No, not at all. And like before that, I started another. I joined another band, my death metal band, uh, Apparition. Yeah, right before the end of 2019 into 2020.
0: Okay, I was going to ask about that. I didn't know if that was a project that started post uh, coronavirus or before. It was, yeah. So you get asked that was already existing. Like you didn't start that band.
1: Well, technically I'm OG member because the okay. two the whole lineup was our friend Miles and Andrew, and they went to college together in jazz and like grew up together and they love metal. And Miles used to be in Harness, but it was like, I don't know. They broke up obviously and went on hiatus. Oh, okay.
0: So, all right. I was, cu- okay. That, all right, there we go. I was like, wonder what these dudes are doing before. All
1: right, it makes sense. Yeah. So in 2019, or 2018 actually, 2019, early 2019, sorry, they recorded the demo, the apparition demo, just those two. Mm. And then Miles, I was already cool with Miles and you said, up I was like, hey, like, I know you're busy with like Deadie and you have other projects going on but like would you be down to be in this and i was like dude fuck yeah so i joined they dropped the demo and me and my other friend andrew at the time he or andrew still he's still mommy but fucking at the time he was our bassist. he left because he just wanted to do other shit but we dropped the demo and then we went to record during the pandemic like right when the pandemic started we recorded the ep and then Taylor helped us out with that too, and sent it to Profound Lore. And then we got signed with them. So
0: yeah, and you released that single because it was only it was two, two songs?
1: songs. Yeah, so yeah, EP. It was like fourteen minutes in total.
0: They're long songs for sure.
1: Long yeah. ass songs, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, yeah, like just like uh, my like you know I have death metal knowledge, but in regards to like referencing something as like a regional influence, like uh. Like, it, I I don't think it sounds necessarily like Tampa, but yeah. like, what, like, like what kind of like, what bands are y'all pulling from for Apparition for the stuff you guys write?
1: So I'd say for the demo, it was just like straight up just like incantation worship. Okay. Mixed with like Doomy or Death Doom parts. And then the EP, definitely like incantation still with like crazy. There's this band from like the Midwest called Time Cool. It's, it's like what? um blood incantation pulls from too oh and, okay like we pull stuff from that and then the lp we just recorded during the pandemic like a couple of bu- weeks months ago yeah those fools are just nuts crazy as fuck like miles is an insane guitarist and andrew's a crazy drummer so there's this band called wicked innocence and they fucking crazy death metal jazz shit pull from that so it's just mm. a combination of just like like incantation with like death doom stuff and funeral doom stuff like fucking Evil Ken. and then crazy jazz metal <laughs> you know so
0: interesting okay cool cuz like yeah i remember when i was younger like a friend of mine that was really into death metal would be like yo check this song out like they got like the like, they got like jazz bass going on in the background or something and like yeah. I, my brain was not big enough to understand that at the time. So he showed it to me and I was like, yeah, okay, dude. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, and I even like, like jazz a lot at the time, but I was like, I just, I don't, I don't know.
1: Jazz but, and metal uh, is like different. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like, uh, but I know the stuff you're talking about and, and I pick up the funeral doom stuff in there of like for sure. Cause it has like all those kind of like, it's like thus the songs are as long as they are. Yeah. That's like kind of those like slower parts and, mm-hmm. and everything. Um, but uh, okay, so you, you do that. Are, I mean, are you in anything else or is it just Dead Heat and Apparition?
1: Fuck. Um, in between Dead Heat and Apparition, Aldo hit me up. The I was already filled in a bunch of times for um, Human Garbage on bass. And then he just hit me up. He's like, so fool, you want to join HG Army? I was like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> and then uh, during the pandemic too, we, that's not this crazy ass fool. We recorded me, him, Yogi, and ryan the other guitarist we recorded fucking two lps
0: oh yeah shout out ryan
1: yeah shout out um, ryan and um besides that besides human garbage uh pre-pandemic i played bass and my friends or yeah yeah my friends like dream pop band Love Sick. so
0: oh okay i haven't heard yeah. that yet i need to hear that
1: it's the dude from death bells he pretty much writes everything my friend alvin our friend emily she sings.
0: So. Oh, okay. I think I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. I, st- I still need to refresh myself on that, but I do remember this. Yeah. So you get, you got like a few projects going on right now. Um, yeah. And everything. You know, so, so you've been busy, you know, like, yeah. like during this time period, I haven't had to change work or anything like, mm-hmm. you know, and just like been working on the music and you know, a few days after this drops, everybody will get to, to hear okay. your, your magnum opus. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you
0: know? uh, um, that, that pretty much takes us to right now. Um I guess like one of the the last things like I'll I'll kind of like like ask is like re- the dead heat record drops you know or like say the apparition record record drops do you like have any plans for like a speculative future with these or is, is it like going to be like live streams is it are you going to try to play shows or something or or what can you talk about I don't know you know
1: Ah uh, I I can personally say that I feel like dead heat down the line, probably summer, maybe, it, maybe an apparition, maybe any event will play a show. Cause I feel like how I see things, it's like in LA, at least, LA, everyone gets the vaccine in April. The world is able to get it in May or USA, at least. And like, if we try to play a show in like July, August, that's like, and we announce it in May, like, you have like two months. Or a couple months to like get the vaccine or, or just you know just basically just prepare yourself to be around a group of people sure you know what i mean so like yeah. if you don't want to go because you feel still feel skeptical about everything then like don't but like i feel like it's crazy to say because i didn't think this this time would come but i feel like summer to winter or yeah fall winter is like the perfect time for shows to come back You know what I,
0: mean? I mean so like from like my standpoint i have a show booked for, like, October yeah. here. And it was, like, with the venue, they were, like, they're, like, yeah, I mean, we're down. If it happens, cool. If not, like, you know, we understand or whatever. But I, I do think summer into kind of, like, early fall is going to be kind of, like, that sort of, like,
1: the testing
0: time period, you know, where it's, like, yeah. all right, like, you know, there's going to be some dice roll and stuff. And, like, yeah, for, like, everybody, you know, out there, it's, like, going to a gig is... It's like a swim in your own risk scenario right now Like when everybody has access to the vaccine You know you can get the vaccine uh, You know if you want to go to something And even if you have the vaccine You're not comfortable going with something No one's forcing you to do anything
1: yeah, exactly. I don't think
0: there's going to be like this expectation That like it's like oh like But you're vaccinated You should, you should show up I don't think yeah. anybody's going to be like that You know no. I think it's even more like hey like here's an event Here's bands playing You know like here are the safety measures that we're going to like try to implement yeah. uh, come if you want you know kind of mm. thing so uh, that's cool though it's good to hear it, it's good to have the kind of that, that that light at the the end of the proverbial tunnel uh, mm. and everything so and, and gives and give people something to look forward to after a time period of not a lot Nothing. to look forward to yeah. <laughs> so but uh, anyway beautiful speaking to you sir thank um, you you have, you have uh, any last words for the people out there
1: Fucking so get vaxxed. Fucking so don't be crazy. I don't know. <laughs> Shots all the homies. You know. Get
0: vaxxed and don't be crazy. Wise yeah. words from wise <laughs> man. If uh again you enjoyed this episode, please uh subscribe for additional episodes of discussion content on our Patreon at www.patreon.com form of passion. And we will see you next time. Good evening.